Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for Conversations and Support for Targeted Individuals. Today is February 1st, 2015, and I'm your host, Renata. It's February already. Wow, how time flies. I cannot believe it. Um, And it's Super Bowl Sunday. I honestly, last week, didn't realize that this week would be Super Bowl. I probably would have canceled this call because I know that most people watch the game. So we probably will not go long, although I always say that. We're <laughs> still in our going five hours. But just know we might we might shorten it today because I know you guys want to watch the game. And I don't know what time it starts because I'm, I'm not into sports, although the people in my house will be watching it. But um, I think it starts like around 4 or 5 my time which is a couple hours from now. So we'll just keep an eye, uh, eye out on the time, and we'll end a little bit early. So Super Bowl Sunday. I guess you guys have your snacks and things ready. I, um, I'm i actually hungry because I went out this morning um, to uh, to exercise, and I didn't eat before I went. So if you hear me smacking, it's because I'm smacking on my leftover um, um uh, what do you call this? Steak fries. You guys ever had steak fries? I'm just learning about them. They're good. They're filling. I don't think this is supposed to be in my my eating right plan, but um, I ate half last night and I'm eating the other half now, so it shouldn't be too bad. I guess as long as I count it, because they sure are good. They are good. So that's what you're gonna hear me smacking on. So let me start with a scripture. And this scripture is from Matthew 6, 11 through 13. This is a familiar scripture to most people. Um, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, so we have to really believe that The Lord will deliver us from the evil powers of this world. Um, And that's that's something that's hard to do when you're being tortured every day. But we just have to believe it because we can't even understand um, the mind of God and how he's going to do things. But he will reign in the end. And all of this will come to an end. Believe it or not, we don't see how. It seems like it's out of control and all of that. But I believe that the Lord will deliver us from evil. And although they, they target us and they do these, these evil doings, um, it, it could have been worse. You know, they could have killed us. So he's already delivered us from their evil so far. So we just have to stay strong and keep going. Okay? Amen. So, again, welcome, everybody. Um, let me start with my chat room, people. Gary's in the chat room and on the phone. Welcome, Gary. Shan. Hi, Shan. 
always good to see you, to virtually see you. <laughs> Truth Seeker, New York is on the phone, Kentucky's on the phone, California's on the phone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We'll see if more show up. I actually thought that I would be here alone because, um, like I said, it's Super Bowl Sunday. There's a few things happening in the news, and then I'm going to unmute the phone to see how you guys are doing. But a few things in the news. Oh, let's go back to Super Bowl real quick. Have you guys um, seen this whole thing on this guy, uh, Marshawn Lynch? He He's actually from here, from Oakland, where I live, but he plays for Seattle. Uh, and they're in the Super Bowl today. So it's Seattle and New England. But he's hilarious. And I can totally relate to him. Most introverts probably can because he apparently is this introverted person, but I think he's real good. And, again, I don't know anything about sports, but I hear my son and my husband talking about it all the time. But he's like an introverted person, and he doesn't like doing the press, you know, talking to the media. And so, but he's been getting fined because he won't talk to the media when they want to ask him questions, oh, so how did that touchdown go or how did the game go, whatever they ask him. And he doesn't like to answer it. So he says things like when they ask him like a long, serious question, he'll say, I'm only doing this so I won't get fined. And it's hilarious. And he'll just say it over and over. They'll ask him another question. He'll listen. He'll say, you know why I'm doing this so I won't get fined. It's hilarious. You guys have to pull it up. He says the funniest stuff. He will not answer their question. He just he'll just simply say, "I'm doing this so I won't get fined." So, of course, he's getting all this attention because he won't talk to them. And uh, one of the psychologists said, "Well, maybe it causes him anxiety to talk to the media. You know, they should think about that." And I was saying to myself, "That's true. I, I wish people would understand that everybody's not outgoing. Everybody's not sociable. Some people are." more introverted and they just don't like talking and and I'm telling you it it can cause great anxiety to deal with situations like that now granted he is a person that is you know a public figure so you do waive some of your privacy rights there but I think his thing is he 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 loves the game you know football he's good at it apparently but he doesn't do media and I think it's wrong to find that man for not wanting to talk to the press but you guys have to go online. It's all it's all over the internet. He's so funny. He just says, "You know, I'm doing this, so I won't get fined." And then they said, in the meantime, but he's also getting fined because he's been wearing this hat, which is his brand of clothes, whatever the name of that is. But they said that that's been selling out too. So one of the theories is that he's doing this whole non-talking thing to kind of promote his brand. So I don't know. But the whole thing is interesting because he will not talk to the media, period, at all. So I thought that was funny. And then the other thing is um, Whitney Houston's daughter. Whitney Houston's daughter was found um, unconscious in the bathtub yesterday. Bobby Christina is her name. Uh, in the bathtub yesterday, which is ironically the same way her mom died in the bathtub. So, of course, people were saying that that's ritualistic kind of stuff. Um, and I've heard that a lot, you know, about the whole water thing. Um but it's really sad because I think she's like 21 years old. So apparently her husband and a friend revived her, but um, they said she's brain dead. So I don't know if they're going to pull the plug. I'm not sure. So so pray for her. Pray for her because um, she saw a lot in her life, you know, with um, Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. 
they 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 went through a lot. Lord only knows what that child saw. So I'm sure sure she's struggling. And then she was her mom's only child, um, and it, it appeared that they were very close. So I'm sure she's dealing with that. And according to the media, allegedly she was dealing with her own drug demons too. So it's really sad, you know, to see young people go through that kind of stuff. So pray for her. Okay. And I am going to open up the lines to see how you guys are doing. I hope my okay. Hi, Gary. How are you? Hi, Renata. I'm doing well. Good. You? What's going on? I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm a little sniffly today, and um, you know, I walked this morning. I probably shouldn't have, but I did, and I did a lot of walking yesterday. Was with my um some of my siblings and my parents and it's just interesting to see how um how people shift you know what i'm saying like i can clearly see the difference and a bunch of them are in on the targeting now and it's kind of sad yeah. but you know it is what it is have to keep it moving wow sorry to hear that um especially when you can actually tell they're shifting yeah and i'm gonna tell you when when that shift happened at least for me when I started uh-huh. to tell them, when I started to openly tell them about the targeting and talk about the targeting more, that's when it happened. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, not to I discourage can... anybody because I think your family should know. But it's just kind of weird how somebody can know you all their life. I'm, if, I, if I could learn anything about this targeting, I would love to know what they tell people to to get them to go along with it. I have my theories, but I'd like to confirm. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I understand when you um you decide you want to sort of explain some of the stuff a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. because if that kind of puts you in that what's that phrase? Cognitive dissonance? Uh-huh. Because because uh usually what happens is if it has anything to do with like what we were talking about last week with subliminal messaging, that's really that's a rather sensitive area. <laughs> and um, the thing about it is, is if it has to do with coincidences, you can see coincidences yourself. Mm-hmm. The person you've tried to explain it to, they always want to rationalize it completely into the, the it's just, it just happens. You know, it's just a, something that happens. And, Right. So that's an that's an interesting situation there. So then, then you're kind of it almost like you feel a little bit more alone. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, but what? But the the positive to that is, I think, I think over time, I think it starts kind of working. So we'll have to see how that works out here. But I can see where things that I was a hard sell on or just didn't believe at all early on. You know, over time, as you see more evidence and and uh, you hear more what's behind things and the reason it's possibly done, then you open up to a lot of the possibilities. It's interesting how I've shifted also, but in a different way. You too? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I've been pretty busy too with family here in the last couple of days, and that's been really good. It's, uh, you did well, what? I didn't, I didn't hear you. I said I've been with family this 
last couple of days too, and that's been really good. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. What did you guys do? Did you have family gathering or? Yeah, we got together and ate, and then ran around and stuff like that. A lot of talking. A lot of it was it was fun. It was positive. That's good. I, I really advise people to um, be around their family as much as possible because I mean that's your history. You share history with them, and they don't want you around family. You know. Yeah, it's interesting because you almost have to play sort of a dual. Uh, if you if you've gotten to the point uh, where we are, where we not only are aware of our situation, but we've maybe dabbled into researching real history a bit more and and also knowing kind of the power structure of how things sort of work. (laughs) And then then suddenly you're surrounded by people that don't believe that at all or don't even want to entertain it. It's it's a real interesting place to be. And so you don't want to just poo-poo everything, but it's, it's a fine line of being yourself and also towing the mainstream media view of things. It's, I'll tell you, it's something else. <laughs> I think it's a good thing to be around family or even friends or whoever, other situations. They kind of force you not to talk about targeting and think about targeting. Yeah, you know, know what, what I mean? we find is humor as a common thing. So we just have fun and talk about TV shows and stuff that we used to do and funny situations and all that. And That's it good. ends up just it time just flies so quickly. Like you know, we've got we've got been thrown out of every restaurant that we've gone into because we were those people that want to milk it. You know, they close <laughs> at ten and we're still there till fifteen. You know, we move That's like good, ten feet. Though. That means you're having fun. <laughs> ten or twenty feet at a time. <laughs> well, we're heading to the door. We're making progress here, okay? Uh, that means you're having funny. a good time. That's great. It does. Uh, it really does. So there's a big positive. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing well. Well, Are you watching the Super Bowl today? I'm not sure. I'll probably watch a little bit of it. A lot of times I'll tune in. Well, oh, I'll watch a little bit of the beginning. And then tune in later for the real exciting stuff. <laughs> right. And maybe and maybe the halftime. Mhm. Uh, but I don't know. I always watch the whole thing because I got other things I like doing. I don't want to just sit there doing that. Yeah, I tell my husband to tape it because I want to see the commercials. Because everybody always talks about the commercials after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mhm. Sometimes okay, well. uh, I, I I like the music sometimes. Oh, right. You had a halftime show. Who's supposed to perform yeah. this year? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Not sure. All right. Well, thank you, Gary. And hang, um, hang around. Stick around if you like. You can chime right. back in. Okay. Hey, thanks. This is, I think this might be Charles. I'm not sure. Hello. How are you doing, Renata? I'm good, Charles. How are you? I was all right because this fool opened the door. Okay, again. I mean, every time, every time, it's like um, I'll be here like um a half hour, an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, and then um, just about when the show about to start, he opens the door. 
I was going to say they target you that way because you said that last week too. They had opened the door. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I got to yeah. I got to find another place. Okay, because I, I can I can I can pick up the hint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah anyway, how you doing? Renata. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I can. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm all right. No complaints. Yeah, yeah, you were saying you're exercising, and uh, sometimes you get sore. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, it just depends because I have back problems. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes you get sore. The thing about it is, I mean, what's that saying? Um, no, no pain, no gain. Hold That's on right. for a minute. Mhm. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, Renata? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. No pain, no gain. And I, I, uh. I try to push myself because this morning I truly did not want to go. And actually today, oh, no, tomorrow is Amy's birthday. Um, most of you guys know Amy. And Amy, Amy says Earth Day rather than birthday. But anyway, she had invited me to um, she had invited me to a brunch this morning, and um, but I just couldn't drag myself out of the bed. I was like really tired, so I didn't want to go there, and I didn't want to go for my walk. But but I made it on the walk. So what did you say it was um, Amy's birthday tomorrow? Tomorrow, but she was having a brunch today, and she uh-huh. had invited me. She had invited me, but I was not feeling up to getting out of the bed this morning. So I didn't go, but finally I got up and did the walk. I'm glad I did. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, if she's listening, happy birthday, Amy. I know. Happy birthday, Amy. So how's everything going, Charles? Well, we are supposed to, for for what I hear, it's supposed to be another storm heading this way either late tonight or tomorrow. So we'll see oh. what happens. Yeah. That's right. There's been bad weather all over. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So gotta get I gotta brace myself for that. Other than that, um I'm pretty much in, you know, pretty much in the same situation. I you know, I ain't sinking any deeper, but I still I'm still in the pit though. <laughs> Did you um did the union call you again? Nope. Nope. And they said they said I was I was fourteen at first. Now I'm sixteen. All right, but here's the thing, I mean, like I said, um for an for an average person, this is highly unusual. They haven't called since um they haven't called the persons or the work since um since this started and um June, late June, all right, and uh, you know I should have been out. I should have been out out working by now, all right. But I'm not the average person, so you know, yeah. And um, trying to you know trying to look in the other areas, but you know, uh, um, doors keep closing over there too. So, what? Just gotta keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. You said the magic word. Just keep going. Yeah. Hey. Um. But the um. 
that um that film that you that four hour film, four hour plus film that you was talking or, or audio interview that's on on YouTube. Oh, that was high powered. I always which listen about an hour and a half though, but I mean, which really, one? that which is one? something. Wait, huh? which one? Which, which one are you talking you, about? You emailed the link to me. Oh, I just did. I recently emailed it. I'm sorry, I emailed so much stuff. Did I recently send it to you? Yeah, this week. Oh, that one. Okay, let me see which one that was. I forgot that quick. Okay, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I mean, like I said, it's high product. Uh, the little bit that I listened to so far. I mean, wow. I mean, really. I mean, I mean, the study group got to be. I mean, done around that. Did I send it with the um with the movie list? No, that no. wasn't with me. Okay. I'll find it so I can see which one that was. Yeah. Okay, but as far as the movie list, you saw what I um uh, added about that, especially the um, Handmaid's Tale. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's a good video she's talking about. Hmm. I have to figure out which one I sent you. Um, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Okay, well, uh, uh, about the Handmaid's Tale in the, in the movie list, you had the um, title. Uh, uh, I had it was correction. It's Handmaid's Tale. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, thank you for the correction. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. change that. I'm gonna figure out which one. So, what was the video about that I sent you? Oh, it was a video about the guy um, back in 1969. He did an audio interview or something like that. Oh yeah, I don't remember the name of that. Or something, or something about he he was in some place at night in 1969, and they gave him a rundown of what was going to happen in the future. Oh, that one, yeah, um, yeah, that one because you want you wanted to hear more about that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because we talked about it um, last week on the call. Let me see. Uh, wait a minute. I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, because you wanted to hear more about it, I read the list. Mm-hmm. I didn't, but we didn't listen to the video. But I read the list of all the things that he was talking about. I'm gonna tell you in just a second. Hold on. The guy that was yeah. talking about the the New World Order, but it was way back in the sixties when he was talking about it. Uh and um and but he went into um, more details about each um each step, each subject. Yeah. I mean really. I mean really. I, I mean you know what? I haven't watched the video myself. That's why I wasn't familiar. I haven't watched the video. Um I forgot who sent that to us. But somebody uh some was it Gary? Somebody gave us that. I forgot who it was. No, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. I can't remember. I kind of came in the middle of the, or the first part of that and missed the very, whatever, very first part of the uh, list you started reading off. Yeah. Oh, his name was Dr. Dunnigan. Yeah, I think you read the list. Or at least yeah. A, a chunk of it, but it kept going on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, Charles was saying he wanted to go through that list a little bit more in detail. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to listen to that video myself because I have not listened to it. All right. Well, yeah, thank you, Charles. Thanks. Hang around. I'm going to go go down the line a little bit. We don't have that many people here today, so it'll All right. Um, okay. Thank you. All right. 
I'm right here. Okay. Let's see. Hello. California. Hello. Is that um, Lala or Nancy? Or Amy? A whole bunch of Californians, actually. Oh, that reminds me. I'm supposed to tell somebody about this call. Okay, well, feel free to talk if you like, California. I'm going to unmute another Californian. I can get, I think my computer's messing up. Hello, California. Yeah, it's me. Ooh, the stuffy lady with the sniffles. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> Hi, Lala. <laughs> hey. I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to talk. All right. Well, hope you feel better. I hope so, too. Okay. I'll put you back on mute and start eight if you want to speak, okay? Okay. All right. Trying to unmute Kentucky. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. Is this Brian? Yes. Hey Brian, how you doing? Oh, I'm I'm not too bad. I've been better, but I'm doing okay. Okay, so you did you successfully get off your meds? Wasn't that you was trying to get off your meds? Well, I was trying to cut back. I was tired of taking so many of them. I wasn't necessarily trying to quit, but oh. uh, I was trying to cut back. And I've had a little success, and then I cut, I bounce back and forth, and then I go back into it. But uh, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing. I mean, I'm doing better than I was. Let's put it that way. I'm doing okay, good. Yeah, but. Uh, well, you know what? Better than before is progress. So good, very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm petrified the doctor might take me off of them, and I need them at least the mm-hmm. minimum amount. And I'm petrified the doctor's going to take me off and try something else. And I don't want to be off. I don't want to try something else, you know. But so we'll see. That that won't be for a couple of months. Well, why why do they um, why your doctor say they want to try something else instead? That's how they are with me. They're always trying out different meds and switching stuff around. And cause okay. I'm, that, that's not the only medicine I'm on. I'm on like three, four different meds, and they're always switch switching. You know, trying to make me better. You know, which me and you both is never going to happen. Well, I'm not saying never. I mean, eventually they might quit doing this stuff to us, but uh, you know, it's not—it's not, not going to make me better. You know. Well, there's nothing wrong with us, really. I mean, if these people leave us alone, we won't need anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, huh, yeah. Well, I wish you the best, and you, you know, too. take 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 your doctor's advice. You know, I'll never tell anyone not to take their doctor's advice because, you, you know, you don't want anything to happen. So take your doctor's advice, but pray, too, and ask God to help you with it. And he will. Yeah. Yeah, I think I will. I think I will do a little praying on that. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? 
No, not not too much this week. Not too much to talk about. Okay. Well, chime in there if you like. Okay. Okay. Take care, Brian. You too. Hi, Mr. Rose. How are you? Praise God. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Ken? Not too bad. I tell it or not. I tell anybody stay away from the doctors all they can, unless you got a cut or something where you need to be sewed up. They're about worthless. I, I know. I, I I I'm with you on that, but I don't like to. You know, I mean, I don't want to tell anybody to go against their doctor's advice, but I know how I feel about that for me. But I don't want to. You know, you don't want you don't want people to not do what the doctor says, and then something bad to happen. So I stay away from that. Those are murky waters for me. Yeah, well, you know, too, though, they're testing on us, so I guess you should go to your doctors, and they'll change this psychotic drug for another one, and they just keep on going because they know what they've hit you with all week, and they want to know what works, and they finally take this system down, put everybody on it, what kind of drugs they're going to need the most of. So I guess in that case, it were guinea pigs, I guess you can take a, take a note and let them, let them experiment on us. Yeah. You know, um, when I was really having a hard time with this, I, I took anxiety medication. I didn't know about the targeting and things, and I took anxiety medication for a short period of time. And they also gave me some psychotic stuff, too, which I think I took once. And I didn't like the way I felt on that. I didn't like feeling like I was controlled, you know, like I was controlled by something. And I knew that I didn't need it. I knew I didn't need that. I knew it. But I wanted all this stuff to stop. So I figured, okay, let me try it. But I I took it once. I said I will never take that stuff again because I don't need this. I need these people to leave me alone. (laughs) So that's when I started. That's when I decided, you know, I'm just going to get through this with the help of God and trying to do different things, and that's when I got into the medication and the motivational speakers and, the, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, I found that with me just doing things to strengthen myself that I didn't need that. But I can't advise that for anyone else. I could say try it, you know. Um, but I know that th- that they're behind the reason that most of us are going through this stuff, you know. There's really generally nothing wrong with people. It's these people trying to drive people out of their mind. Well, they're doing a pretty good job because they got most TIs where they won't even go in and listen to alternative news. Most of them, uh, I find I have no clue what's fixing to happen in our country. You know, they, right. they, ought to be they ought to be listening to alternative news to find out what's really going on. I'm getting so many emails from all different kinds of people now saying you better get ready. The biggest one's going to ever hit, hit the whole world. It, it's getting ready to happen, so. Yeah. Right. So, Kim, what's going on? Oh, not much. I'm just driving a guy over now. I'm in the snow here. We got so much snow, you know. We got wet. We got global warming, but we got the most snow we've ever getting. So, I, I'm a firm believer in that global warming. <laughs> and wh- and where are you? Which which state are you in again, Kim? I'm in Michigan. Oh, okay. Last year we got we never had so much snow and 
in the history of Michigan. This year is kind of, I guess, the chemtrails, they're doing something else with them. So we've had decent weather, but last night about midnight, it started snowing. It's supposed to snow till midnight tonight. So a friend of mine brought his truck and plow over and plowed my driveway for me, so i got to run him back home. He's going to leave his truck over and come by and plow my driveway for me. He's a pretty good friend, isn't he? Very nice. That's really nice. So how are you well, doing? I'm okay. You know, I can't complain. It won't do no good if I do. <laughs> I might as well keep my complaints to myself. <laughs> but, you know, I'm all right. I just feel really tired today. I don't know what's going on. I have to figure that out. Well, I talked to Reverend Pinky today. He, he said he wants to call it on Pete's show tomorrow. So I called Pete. We got Deborah Tavares coming on tomorrow in the, you know, the second hour. It'll be 11 o'clock your time in California. I said, well, Deborah, she'll she'll allow a few minutes for Reverend Pinky. If she don't, just tell her she's got to. So, so he's. So is he? Is he? Is he at a county jail or is he at a prison? No, he's at a prison. Is he doing okay? Yeah, he says he's doing all right. He said it's just a time. He said he never thought what was going on in the prisons. He didn't even believe it. I said, well, you should have asked me. I could tell you that. Reverend Pinkney's a great guy, too, but he's one that never would, you know, uh, find out what they were really doing. He'd always say they're microwaving. My TIs are microwaving. They're doing a whole lot more than microwaving us. They're causing yeah. mass they're causing mass murders of people and shootings and school shootings and everything else with this technology. I know. So for those of you who do not know who Reverend Pinkney is, Reverend Pinkney is a and I'm gonna just describe him to the best of my ability. You can jump in there, Ken. But he's a civil rights activist from the Michigan area uh, Detroit area. Um <clears throat> and he is over something called Banco. I don't know what that stands for, but he was arrested once because he gathered a group of people together and something about uh, he was trying to out the mayor. Uh, he was trying to get rid of the somebody in office. I don't know who it was, but yeah, they arrested him. They arrested him for voter fraud. And then, so that was some years ago because he came across he came against Whirlpool Corporation who was doing a lot of illegal stuff in that area and probably everywhere else. And so now he's being arre- he has been arrested again for that same thing just recently for this voter fraud thing. They said that he was illegally getting people to sign their names on those petition things, but he wasn't. But you know how they do when you start to stand up for what's right. So that's who we're talking about when we talk about Reverend Pinkney. And he, he met the T.I. some years ago, and he has a show on Blog Talk, and he started to try to help us too. So I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason why they rearrested him. So how how long did he get this time? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't get too long, only 30 months to 120 months. So, so that's if like you, three years. Yeah, if you figure it out, he's coming back in the 24th. He asked me if I was going to be there. I said, you know I'll be there. But they're supposed to come in for a retrial. I don't know if he's going to get, you know, I went up there for three days while he's on, while he's on trial, and i never seen such a kangaroo court. He's, 
He's from Benton Harbor, and it's 95% black. But in Barrium County, it's 95% racist white. I mean, they are. I hate to say white people are racist, but they really are. And he had all white jewelry. He went from a white prosecutor, a white judge. Mm. He had a white lawyer that was too goddamn old. Every step he took looked like he was going to fall over and die. He's only about 75 or something. And he, and he wasn't worth a crap. Reverend Pinkney also speaks out against um, the NAACP because he, I believe he was like their president or someone high up there at one time, and he says that they're corrupt. So when Amy and I went to L.A., we went with him and um, picketed the NAACP. So he stands that he, he, he speaks up against a lot. Now, where are all his celebrity friends? They're not able to help him? You know, I don't understand that because uh, Minister Farrakhan is supposed to be a personal friend of his, and I, I know if you get Minister Farrakhan to come to your house, you've got to be in pretty tight with him. And I've seen pictures of him and Minister Farrakhan in his house. I know it's Reverend Penny's house because I've been to his house on several occasions. But yet, I don't know where was Minister Farrakhan when they were railroading him. I know, and what's his name, Danny Glover? Yeah, Danny Glover. I was at a meeting where Danny Glover came to the Banco meeting. And uh, so I don't know where they're all at, but they all got the money to get to, to come in and say, you know, this is crazy, but they're not going to do it the way it looks. Wow. I wish him the best. I had yeah. spoken with him when he was going through the um, the court trials. I had spoken with him, and I told him I was sorry that happened. He said, well, you know, it's part of the territory when you get to a certain level. And I guess that's true. You know, they start to frame you and stuff. Yeah, they did on him. I'll go ahead and put me on uh, mute because I'm driving on the freeway right now, and it looks like it's only me and a pickup truck, so I want to make sure I don't slide off this bitch. Okay, Kim, we'll start eight if you want to speak, okay? Okay, I'll just listen. All right. Um, all right. Anybody want to speak? Guess I need to unmute you. Huh? Anybody? Anybody want to say anything? Okay. So as I said earlier, this is Super Bowl Sunday. I know a lot of you want to watch the game. Um, so, we'll probably get early today. And let me find. Well, me, myself, I'm not that interested in the game, but, you know, if, if, if the, if the uh, show shuts down because, because of the game, it is what it is. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Hey, did you guys hear about the um did you guys hear about the um what do you call these people? I'm sorry, I'm so tired today. Um the news anchor, the Fox News anchor that killed himself in front of the um the television station, I believe in New York. Um my husband had told me about it, but Alda also told me about it and sent me an article, so thank you. Hold on. 
Of course, they're not putting it in the media too much. So let me read this article to you guys. I won't read it all because it's kind of long. Okay. Has Austin police has Austin? So this was in Texas. Police chief Art Acevo um, barred KTBC Fox Seven from any one-on-one television interviews. According to a series of taped conversations, a fired Fox employee sent to the Chronicle uh, news desk, the answer is yes. The principals involved aren't talking. The situation sparked from a February 20th incident uh, when two Austin police officers arrested a jaywalking jogger, Amanda Jo Steven, near the Utah campus. A cell phone video of the bus in which the cops can be seen grabbing Steven to stop her as she goes limp went viral, sparking international backlash over the alleged force used by the officers. A media fracas followed Steven's arrest, one that grew so wild that, the ch- that Chief Acevedo was asked to respond during an unrelated press conference. He made a rhetorical mistake that day, a big one, by attempting to dismiss the backlash, saying, in other cities, there's cops who are actually committing sexual assaults on duty. So I thank God that this is what passes for controversy in Austin, Texas. Acevedo would later apologize, stating the emotional content of the same-day conviction of a cop killer, the actual subject of the press conference. Okay, so that's a little background. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just summarize it. Basically, a news anchor for Fox, I think it was Fox uh, Television, he took a picture of this police chief um, who had harassed this young lady. Basically, I guess he told the young lady to stop, and I guess he told her to stop. She didn't stop. She was walking. She didn't stop, and so he uh, roughed her up, basically. And the lady said she didn't stop because she had her earbuds and she couldn't hear him. So this whole thing went viral. So this 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 journalist who worked for um, for Fox TV in Austin, he took a picture of the young lady being carted off and she's crying and all this stuff. And then he took a picture of this police chief and he did a side by side. He was reprimanded when he got back to work. He was reprimanded for that. Because he said he, because his superior said that he made the police chief look bad, and that picture, like he took a very unflattering picture of the police chief. Okay, so that began his workplace harassment. The news anchor started getting harassed day after day, and they started saying your stories aren't good. We need to start watching you, and they they harassed him so much to eventually he got fired, and he killed himself. I think it was last week. In front of um, in front of their headquarters, but all along, all along, he had been this news anchor had been recording the conversations. He had been recording his conversations with his supervisors, and he put it all on YouTube. So he he's showing exactly you know what they did wrong, but they are not they are not uh, televising this. They're not letting this stuff come out public. So I'll just sent me the article. And if you guys want to look up his videos on um, YouTube, his name is Philip Pereira, P-E-R-E-A. Um, it's very interesting, some of the stuff well, they're saying. You could see how they were rail- how they railroaded him. I definitely could check out the little videos, but you're saying that, okay, okay, I can understand his station or his network wasn't 
wasn't um, pushing the story. You mean none of the other net, the opposite alternative net, um, stations didn't even um, publish the story either? I couldn't find it. But, you know, that's our brotherhood anyway. But I, I couldn't find anything on it. I couldn't find it on CNN. I couldn't find, mm-mm. No. Mm. Now that's that. I mean, because I mean, now that is really unusual. Because I mean, you know, the stations be in competition with each other, you know. But yeah, yeah. No, I I couldn't find it. Mm. But you know, my point is this: this workplace harassment. This is serious. It's it's a it's mm. a really serious. Uh, it's psychological abuse in the workplace. I go through it every time I walk in those doors, and have been for years. And it's um, it's it's really a serious thing that needs to be examined a little more closely, you know. And I think that when people um, go to the extreme because of what they're suffering through at work, like this guy did, because eventually he was fired, um, uh-huh. that these people need to be held for murder. Yeah. Really, because it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous to to have to go to work and 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 suffer harassment like that. Yeah, you know. Because mm-hmm. I'm getting I'm getting harassed as far as um being in in construction too, and you know not getting any jobs and all that, or being or being um difficult to get jobs, and then when I get them, okay. This is this um, pops up, okay, where I'm easily laid off and everything, okay. And I was, um, I believe it was December. It was in December. I went to, um, well, I went to uh, the labor board about about what happened, okay. And I talked to one of the um, deputy commissioners, and I and I said, you know, told him about what was basically what was going on. And I mentioned I made the, mentioned the phrase on uh, workplace mobbing, and he says, um, "What is that?" I, I don't understand. What is that? Tell me what is that? When he asked me a question like that, and he's supposed to be in in labor relations, and, and in this day and time, he don't work. He don't know the phrase workplace mobbing. Um, that told me right then and there. Okay, this guy's playing games. Of course he knows. Of course, yeah. You don't know what now, workplace what, mobbing what you is? Describe, what you described, okay, now workplace mobbing, I'm just going to give my own definition. What workplace mobbing is, is if you are actually at work and you're being harassed um, at work, in the workplace. Now, the mobbing, okay, so let me take that back. Workplace harassment is you're being harassed at work. That could be by your supervisor, you know, by another employee, or even by a customer if you work with the public. You know, I know people whose customers come in and harass them. So that's workplace Uh, harassment. Workplace mobbing is when it is more than one person. It's a mob. And they're all, all, you know, harassing you and doing all the little mind control tactics that they do. That's what I do. I go to the mobbing. Now, what you're describing. Playing games and stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Right, and it's basically the stalking, you know, in the workplace. That's basically what it is, and the harassment. Now, what you're describing is that you can't even get a job. So what you're describing, and a lot of targets will tell you that, and that's why I don't advise anybody to quit their job because it's going to be really hard to get another one, and if you do get another one, you probably won't make as much, you know, as you were making before. So 
what you're describing is blacklisting. Get up. That's what you're describing. You're on a blacklist. You know, they want to Well, I mean, that, that's the phase I'm on. When you're on the outside, that's the phase that I'm in now, okay? But when you're on the job, okay, because, like I said, I'm on the list, and eventually they're going to have to put me back on the job. But right. They have you I blacklisted. Mean, they have you right, blacklisted. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me let me just read the, the definition on Wikipedia of blacklisting. Okay, a blacklist is a list or register of entities or people who, for one reason or another, are being denied a particular privilege, service, mobility, access, or recognition. As a verb, to blacklist can mean to deny someone work in a particular field or to ostracize a person from a certain social circle. Controversially, a white list is a list of compilation identifying entities that are accepted, recognized, or privileged. Now, in the field that you're in construction, there's a lot of white listing going on. In other words, certain people get the job. Oh, yeah. So they're they're on that quote-unquote good list, that white list. Okay. Mm-hmm. The term blacklisting may be used in a pejorative sense, implying that a person has been prevented from having legitimate uh, access to something due to inappropriate covert actions um, of those who control the access. Okay. So, in other words, the people who have control over this um, this service that you need, this job that you need, uh, this apartment mm-hmm. that you need, it could be an apartment. You know, you can't you can't even rent an apartment because they didn't put you on a list. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying you. I'm saying it happens a, a lot to Target, a lot. Uh, you might want to go buy a car. You can't even get the car. They tell you the car the car was sold before you got there. You know, you just can't seem to get the services that you need. Um, for example, a person being served with a restraining order for having threatened another person would not be considered a case of blacklisting. However, somebody who is fired for exposing poor work conditions in a particular company and is subsequently systematically blocked from finding work in that industry is described as having been inappropriately and often illegally blacklisted. Blacklisting can and has been accomplished informally by consensus of authority figures and does not necessarily require a physical list or overwritten record. Now, even when people are in the workplace and you want to transfer or move up and you just can't figure out, now I know I'm qualified for that. How come I can't get that job? Because you're blacklisted inside of the corporation. It happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Blacklisting can be formal or informal. In the employment setting, applicants who apply to numerous positions, this is what I just said, um, regardless of being qualified or not, can soon be ignored during some or all subsequent applicant, uh, applicant processes. This can be an informal choice made by one person or a shared formal response taken up uh, by one office and not an issue that would be described as blacklisted. Now, let's take Gary, for example. I'm sure you don't mind me using you for an example, Gary. Um Gary is a musician. Now, let's just say, you know, he really depends on that extra income of doing gigs. And he's, you know, one of the best at what he does. 
But he can be passed up. He can be constantly passed up for gig. Gary, have you ever had that experience? Is Gary still here? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still here, and, yeah, it happens. And yeah. it's happening. <laughs> and I'm sorry you you for an example, but you came to mind because I just want to show uh, that right. it can happen in all kind of different fields, you know? And, yeah. and people really, uh, you know. Do that, Mom Brady, you're here. Um, Lala, mute your phone, please. That's Lala. You know what I mean? Like, it happens. Um, blacklisting can be formal or informal. I said that. This can be an informal choice made by one person or a shared formal response taken up by one office and not an issue that would be described as blacklisting. In the past, blacklist of union members, so here you go, Charles, blacklist mm-hmm. of union members have been shared or circulated between multiple organizations to prevent hiring of employees who, rather than being incompetent, have been critical of managers' actions. So in other words, if you have criticized the actions of your um, superiors or you have spoken up about something, they're Mm -hmm. saying that the union is known to blacklist people for that. Uh, people, People have been prevented from working for decades due to being on a blacklist. In some cases, the information on the blacklist was false. Blacklist shouldn't exist at all. And Hollywood also has a a blacklist um, where people can't get jobs, you know, can't get the acting jobs. So anyway, that's that's just an overview. So uh, the workplace, again, the the workplace mobbing or workplace harassment, that's when you are physically working. And then the blacklisting is preventing you from getting work and other Mm. opportunities. Not just work, but other opportunities. Yeah. I mean, that can, blacklisting can even happen on sports teams, you know, on sports teams, even for little kids. When they want to uh, be on a sports team and they can't even get in the game, they can't play, you know, mm-hmm. they're blacklisted. You, you know, they're blacklisted. It's unfortunate, but it happens. Yeah. And that's exactly what is happening, too. So, I mean, and um, definitely I can uh, um, relate to the um, the news anchor guy, okay, even though I'm not ready, uh, I'm nowhere near ready to um, do myself in, but, um, yeah, I can definitely relate to uh, where, where he's going, what he went through. I, I don't like the whole union situation, as you and some and other people have described to me before, it's like if you don't, how does it go? If you don't, you can't work anywhere else unless they call you or something. I forget how that goes. Oh, yeah, it's just that um, you can't work in the same field. Now, like um, maintenance, okay, I've been trying to get a um, position in maintenance, but, okay, nothing's happening there either. But, you know, I can go into maintenance and then go back in construction. And, I mean, but if, if you're working on a non-union job, a non-union construction job, okay, that's when that's when you probably get totally suspended and all that type of stuff, probably. yeah, and everything, and probably even lose your pension and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're not working, how big is your pension going to be? That's it. As a matter of fact, I could have been retired by now if it wasn't for mm-hmm. the games that they, the games that they, that they played. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could have been retired by now. 
with my full pension. Well, blacklisting is a real issue in this community. Yeah. And the thing, I mean, like like I said, the um, the thing about it is how deep the cover-up goes because, like um, I told you, I went to um, downtown the Labor Department. I even went to um, um, a division of um, the the state attorney general, okay, and the way the conversation went on there, I picked up that, and I mean, this is not paranoia, I mean, really. I picked. I picked up that. Okay, they knew what was going on, and you know they 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 almost had, they almost had that. Um, you know they they was gonna put the fix in if I you know decided to go that file you know file in their office or anything like that mm-hmm. right away. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, I wish you well. Um, nothing too hard for God, you know. I, I I do believe that you will you will find employment, you mm. know. And then you just have to be creative because creative because if you can build houses and things like that, then you have a real skill, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Have to, you have to make your own work some kind of way. Yeah, it seems like that's what I'm gonna have to do, and just and all all the tension that I saved up, I may have to just just start your pie. Start over. Yeah. I mean, you have to. I mean, it takes money to make money sometimes, so maybe you can take that and and create some sort of business or something. Well, I mean, no, nah, I mean, because I, I called, I called the union. I said, well, all the stuff that I saved up in my pension, or the, the money that I saved up for my pension, can I withdraw that? They tell, they tell me no. I th- I, I got to look into that. Because if they, I mean, if they're not giving me no work, so I can finish up what I, you know, what I have to do to retire, then I mean, it's something got to be done. This is ridiculous. But then again, like that's, we know what it is. We all know what it is. I do know in most cases, if you want to get your pension out early, you know they will. They have exceptions for that, like hardship. And um, needing a place to live is definitely a hardship. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can get. I can get. I can get. I can retire on. Um, Partial pension or early retirement, okay, and that and that that'll be like forty percent of what I was supposed to get if I was getting full retirement. Mm-hmm. All right, but I don't want it like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the answer will come to you. I hope it it works out for you. Yeah. Okay, uh, let me read something that um, that Barbara sent to us. Well, thank you, Barbara. I have to check the chat room. I'm not sure if you're here. I'm not in the chat room right now. Okay, here's an article. This Again, this is from Barbara. Thank you. It, and I'll put the um, 
I'll put the link in the chat room. But it says um, experts, I haven't read it yet, so we're reading it together for the first time. Experts stopped by one million young Japanese unable to go out. Japan is grappling with a mysterious problem amongst young people. Some 500,000 to 2 million are affected by a condition that leaves them unable to leave the house or even their rooms for years at a time. It's called hikikomori, a word that has been commonplace in Japan since the 1990s. Though a few cases have also been seen in the U.S. and other countries, if you ask people in Japan about hikikomori, almost everyone will say, I know somebody like that. A psychologist said in the Japan Times last year, uh, last year, it, uh, it's considered by many to be one of the country's top health issues. But what is going on and whether those considered to be hikikomori are living with a mental illness remains unclear, the Wall Street Journal reports. Treatment of the condition, which often affects young men, has been elusive. Every prefector is legally required to have a treatment center. For few hikikomori actually visit them, um, and even let's see, and even when they do, few receive successful care. Now, international researchers are trying to understand the condition in the city of Fukuoka. As it stands, just half of the hikikomori would likely receive a psychiatric diagnosis in the U.S. But a U.S. researcher working with the Fukuoka team um, developed new criteria for the condition in 2010, the journal notes. Experts are using that criteria to help develop a better understanding of the situation in a country where the Times noted mental illness remains highly stigmatized. Interesting. Well, that's the end of the article. I'll put it in the chat room. So what you guys think about that? I know they're not mentally ill. I wouldn't think. It's. I mean, it's just so, these people are just so quick to just say everything is a mental illness. I guess most of that is a cover-up, though, for what they're doing. But this is about people that just um, close themselves in? Yeah, but they didn't go into detail. But according to the article, it's, it's uh, like millions of people who are just, Staying in the house for years at a time. Hmm. I mean, so you do. I mean, I know. I know. I mean, I've known somebody. I mean, years ago, I remember a kid that was like that. This was back in the seventies or early eighties, something like that. Okay, and uh, yeah, he stayed in the house and all that. Um. I mean, I'd be, I'd be handed, but I, I, haven't, I haven't heard about it being in the millions. I know. That's that's different. Very different. But I mean, over here, I mean, over here, nobody else ever ever heard of that, or know about anything like that. Does anybody else on the call know about that? I mean, I stayed in the house out of fear, but, I mean, I came out a little when I had to go to work. Anybody know about Hikokomori? I guess not. That's the first I heard of that in Japan. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, when you, I mean, look at how the society is today, right? 
everything is like push button. Okay, it's pra- it's practically you could just stay in the house. Okay, you download all the music or all the new music or whatever. You download all the movies. You got your computer. You got your flat screen TV. Um, you can order food. It's easy. It's easy to. I mean, for somebody to fall into that slot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this sounded more like some kind of disorder, or maybe mind control, or something. That's what I'm saying. It's saying it seems like that's a reflection of the society too. Yeah. True. That's interesting. Because it's easy to be done. Right. Who was that trying to say something? Was somebody about to say something? Yeah, it was Gary. I was just going to comment on that. Uh, I I probably don't go out as much as I used to. And I do find myself um, sometimes ordering stuff online and even uh, ordering pizza and things like that. But I don't do it all the time, but I do it more. And the thing is, is they make a, there's an incentive there because you can actually get better deals a lot of times online than locally. But it does, it does reduce any positive human interaction, and that part of it I don't like. So I usually, at some point, definitely deal with people. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like it if they're good people. I really enjoy that. And uh, really, there's more good people than the ones that are troublemakers. Quite yeah, and I I do think overall uh, most targets probably go out less because there's not as much interaction and they make it difficult. If you get the stalking, you just don't want to deal with that. You don't have as many family and friends around anymore, so that's another reason to stay more in the house. You know what I mean? Like all your your fun stuff is kind of reduced. You know, all the reasons why you would go out is kind of reduced. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but uh, I have distinctly noticed that whenever I have a cycle of having issues, when I go out to different places, it's because I'm doing that and I, I'm i repeating a lot of my places that I'm going to. Uh, if I back off for a while, I think they have to kind of back off too because it's just wasting their time and effort. So I can actually go back out and get some relief for a while until I think they see the pattern um, and then they start again, wherever the new places I'm going to are, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like you're if saying I it go, takes... If I always go to Menards, and then I'll, at some point I'm going to start having issues. So then I back away from going to Menards for a while and then I go someplace else. And then... That I don't really get hassled there until they realize that that's what's going on. So then it seems like there's people in both places. So then I just don't even do hardware stores for a while, and then that seems to it seems to go away, at least for a while. So then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, you know, it does. The whole targeting thing seems to go in peaks. You know. Yeah, it does. And and if you change your pattern, you're right. If you change your pattern, it takes them a while to, to catch on sometimes. Yeah. And that's all designed. It's going like what Charles was saying, how it's, more, it's kind of convenient to just do stuff on online and 
you know, pizzas delivered and whatnot. Uh, so these these cycles are it's just another negative uh, thing to make you stay home. That's true. It is, yeah, it's sort of like a virtual prison if if you allowed it to be. Yeah, it can be. You're right. Yeah. And you just kind of have to just, you know, set your mind and just do whatever you want to do, you know, whatever yeah. it is you want to do. Whatever you have to go through, you just go through it. That's how you get stronger. I think I think many of them probably would enjoy it to be a an invisible ankle bracelet uh, if they could. You know, to what yeah. talk about econo- economics. <laughs> If they could just get your mind convince you that you can't go anywhere, I mean, geez, uh, save some money there, huh? So I don't yeah, allow that exactly. to happen. I don't allow that to happen. Good for you, because yeah. that, that is exactly what they do. They try to put it in your mind. And that's what I yeah. told myself one day. Like, they're not physically saying, don't go anywhere. You can't go out of the house, but they're sending all these subliminals and you know, making it kind of uh, stressful for you when you do go out, so that you get the message: don't do it. Right. I mean, you get you get. I mean, you you get the stress when you go out, and they make it incredibly comfortable for you to stay in. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, a pressure cooker again. Well, you're damned either way, and you have to decide and pick which is the worst of the two. Because I remember, I remember um, about. About two, three years ago, okay, it was just before I, I found out about TIs and all that, is that, um, okay, where I was at, at first, oh man, I had I had my big screen TV, I had the computer set up, all that, and I would go outside, all right, get some food every now and then, okay, but most of the week. I was, I feel like, in the house, okay, in, in the rooming house that I was in, and I was very, it was very comfortable and decent. And the thing, and it used to get to me, sometimes I think, I said, damn, I mean, it'd be summertime, and, I, yo, I'm not even hanging out. I'm inside. Oh, yeah. It just kind of came to you one day. You're like, gee, this is working. I need to. I need to maybe have a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. I mean, it'd be in the summertime. I mean, it'd be summertime. I mean, weather is nice and everything, and I'm not even going out. Yeah. I I see that. Hmm. It can certainly happen. Yeah. Well, it's, and if you're low on dough, too, it... The, most of what you experience out there, except for you just walking and things like that, and it's going to involve some kind of money outflow too. So that's that's always part of it. I don't think it's the single biggest factor because there's a lot of free stuff you can obviously do when you go outside. But um, you usually have to stop and get something to drink or something. And you know how that goes. Yep. Let's see who else is on the call. I'm multitasking here. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. You guys know who Suge Knight is. He killed someone on over the last couple of days. Wow. You guys, yeah, you guys know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd say I was surprised, but uh, I've heard things in the past. Yeah. Well, you know, I think he was trying to have a little change of heart um, because he, you know, he got shot, what, a couple months ago, and he survived that, uh, but his health is really bad. So, you know, but all that karma comes back to bite you. Um, Sir No says Suge might be targeted. You know what? This is so weird because I don't know why I feel a little, a little bit of compassion for him, like a little bit. <laughs> I do. And someone was saying to me, why? He's done so many bad things, and he has. He has. But I know that God is a forgiving God, and I hope that he gets it right with God because, it, I mean, if karma comes back to bite him, he's good as gone, you know, because he's done so many things to people. But what happened, um, at least what I read in the media, is that, um, what's his name, uh, Dre, Dre, what's his name, Dr. Dre, who's another rap person who makes those Dre beats, he and Ice Cube were doing uh, uh, some kind of filming. I guess they're doing some kind of movie they're going to make. And they were doing some kind of filming out in L.A. the other day. And Suge Knight pulls up to this production place where they're doing this filming at, and the bodyguards or whoever would not allow him to come in. And so a fight ensued, and he's outside of his SUV fighting these people, and he had a friend with him. Suge Knight had a friend with him. He's getting feedback. Okay, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hello? Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Do you hear an echo? Because I do. I do. I hear something in the distance. <laughs> okay. So I, can, I can hear you. Yes. Okay. So Suge Knight, um, him and his friend, he had a friend with him, and him and his friend got out, and they're fighting these guys, and this whole fight is going on. So Suge gets in his car, puts the car in reverse, guns the car backwards, runs over everybody who's back there, puts the car back in drive, goes forward, puts the car back in reverse again, guns guns it again, hits the people again. So three or four of them ended up in the hospital. Um, one of them died, and it was his friend that was with him. So the guy who was helping him is the guy that got killed. And his family is livid because uh, Shook's attorney is saying that he was, you know, he feared for his life because he's in ill health and he didn't realize, you know, what he was doing and this and that. But the guy's relatives are saying no because he he ran he went forward and then ran over him again. And the second time he ran over his own friend, he ran over his head. So he like cracked his skull all open and stuff. So it's terrible. Wow. He turned himself in, and we'll see what happens. Trouble just follows that guy. Yeah. Didn't pay me to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. It kind of seems like they've been out to get him for a while. Uh, Patrice says, "I firmly believe Sean Combs, Suge Knight, ordered Tupac to be killed. I believe that too." Patrice in the chat room said that. I believe that too. Because uh, you say trouble follows the guy. That's the life he chose. Yeah, true. You know, I, I mean. I, he, I mean, he go, he go through life. I mean, like you know, I'm a gangster and all this type of stuff. Okay, then yo, that's your comedy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 
And the reason why I said trouble follows him is is I said that to say I would not have gone anywhere with him. Like his friend was with him and he ended up dead. That's what happens when you hang out with Suge Knight. You know, no way. Okay. Um, Life Stolen says what happened to Whitney Houston's daughter? Um, just because says she was fell face down in the bathtub yesterday and she is now in a medically induced coma and they say they expect the worst. Yeah. We have to pray for Bobby Christina. That poor baby. She whew, she had uh she had a interesting life with those parents of hers. I hope that she's okay. Really do. Okay. So what else? Let's see. I guess I will read this now. This uh, this I think Gary did send to us last week. This um, what's this guy's name here? Jeff Polachek. Didn't you send that, Gary? I did, but the actual articles from that Jeremy Radlow, but it's on okay, right. Polachek's site. Right. But I I, I want to read it, something else off of that website. We did read one uh, last week, but this awesome. one is the. Uh, extreme harassment episodes. Right. I don't know if you read that one. I didn't get to read through it, but I want to read through it today. Okay, so this is called um, Extreme Harassment Episodes, which people who get the stalking, which not every target gets stalking, at least some say they do not, and I partially I think that's just because they have uh, – become really good at ignoring, which is where we all want to be, um, because I know that um, that Amy says that she doesn't get stalking, but I've been with her, and I, I know that <laughs> she was getting stalking, but I think it's excellent that she doesn't notice it. That's good. That's, that's where we want to be. That's where I want to be, um, where I don't notice it. So I think that most people get it, and then some people say they got it in the beginning, I've heard people say that too, that they got a lot of the stalking in the beginning and then it subsided and more of the electronic stuff picked up. And people particularly say that who um, who were working on a job and then the job ended for whatever reason, then they say the electronic stuff picks up more. So it just depends. So not everybody gets the stalking, but for those of us who do, we have probably experienced some of these extreme harassment episodes that this article is going to talk about, okay? I'll put the link in the chat room. Targets complaining about organized stalking have tales of extreme harassment to share. These episodes involve the participation of up to hundreds of people over the course of a day in a highly coordinated fashion and seem traumatic almost without exception. Let's be honest with ourselves. These harassment episodes are important. In fact, they practically define how the target sees the world for several years afterwards. But they aren't very frequent. Veteran targets I've been talking about with this subject are in agreement with me that only one extreme harassment episode is necessary in what we think of as the program. It may only happen once to a given target, but it's practically universal experience for tar- it is practically a universal experience for targets. The near universality 
of this tactic suggests it may have an important role to play in targeting. Let's look at the structure of extreme harassment episodes, what their role is, and how they're arranged. To run up to the episode, in preparation for extreme harassment, it's very important to sensitize the target to a handful of key themes. Conspicuous surveillance and the human wall psychological operation are described in psychological warfare. People are watching the target and keeping tabs on him no matter where he goes. This is typically accomplished with conspicuous surveillance. That is, following the target and going out of the way to let him know he's being followed. Now, that can be really hard for a new target, and I know you guys already know all this stuff, but there are people who listen who are who are new targets, so for their sake, we're going to go over some of this. Um, but that can be really difficult to grasp that people are watching you everywhere you go, but it really does happen, you know, and that's uh, the the only way for these people to make this harassment campaign against you effective is to make this a 24-7 operation. And so they try not to relent at all. They try not to give you any breaks at all. But they're cowards because they can't do it on their own. They have to recruit everyone around the target to make this a 24-7-hour operation. And that's why they recruit your neighbors they recruit the people at the restaurant. They recruit the people at the store. They recruit, you know, and it's all based on a smear campaign online. But that's how they do it, so that they can make everyone around you or get everyone around you involved, you know, relatives, people who you consider friends, people at work, people in this community, you know, 24-7. That's the goal. The noise campaigns when you're at home trying to rest, <laughs> you know, the sirens going by while you're trying to drive, 24-7. That's the goal. They're working together and hostile. A tiny number of very memorable episodes, such as a human wall, in which it is co um, conveyed to the target that a group of people are aware of their relationship to each other and the target, and hostile to the target, should uh, should uh, suffice to leave the desired impression on the target. Now, some people deal with, you know, people being hostile towards them, being rude, constantly rude, like Charles said, opening up the door, just trying to irritate him, you know. And he said the same thing last week. If you guys listen back, you'll hear Charles say, why are they opening the door again? You know, they do these little irritants. You know, they do these things just to let you know that they're targeting you. You know, and hopefully they're hoping that it builds up to you exploding on them or something, you know, and then they become a bigger issue. Um, they're only speaking to the target through a secret language. It may not matter what particular events or objects the target is sensitized to, the main objective is to make the target aware of how common occurrences are used in a context-sensitive way to communicate messages in public view. These occurrences will be completely unnoticed to everyone else, possibly even the people sending the messages. Okay, so an example of that, what they're saying there is very true. Um, you end up 
with, uh, first of all, I really believe that every target has been sensitized to some sort of stimuli. And the way they do that is they uh, consistently do a certain thing to you, like this open, I'm using you now, uh, Charles, so tell me if you don't want me to use you, um, but that's fresh in my mind with this door thing. You know, uh, they use these these little things. Okay, this man's opening or whoever's opening this door every time Charles comes here, every time. Okay, so they're, they're hoping that that will sensitize him. So then you see an open door and it's like, oh, that's directed at me. You know what I mean? That's what they do. With me, one of the things, and there's many, but one of the things that they have sensitized me to is shopping carts. Oh, they love to aim shopping carts at me. I can go in any store, and here comes the shopping cart. It's coming out of somewhere, and I have so many pictures. They're always aimed directly at me. Always. The people are pushing the carts towards me. And now they have progressed from shopping carts to just about anything on wheels. It doesn't even matter. It's coming towards me. And that's the truth. Almost anywhere I go, a shopping cart is coming out of somewhere and a janitor is coming out of somewhere. The janitor is because they tortured me for years at work with the janitor, for years with the janitor. And she still does her little thing, but they back down a little bit. I'm sure I'll be dealing with her tomorrow since I'm talking about this. But I'm over it now. But I, 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 for years. So they started off with the janitor at work, and now there's just janitors coming out everywhere. See, so they have me sensitized to those stimuli, and that's what they do. And then they link it all together. So that happened there at my job, and then many, many, many miles away, somewhere else. I could be somewhere in L.A. somewhere, and then I'll have the same situation happen. So then that becomes this language where you know, not every other people around you might think something, oh, that's a little odd, you know, but they don't understand like you understand that that's directed towards you. See, so that's how they do that. That's how they, they, they sensitize you and stuff. Um, and they do. They develop this little language with you. Okay, these occurrences will be completely unnoticed to everyone else, possibly even the people sending the messages. The trap has been set. The target is ready to receive a highly calculated and invisible psychological attack. What happens next is something that no reasonable person would expect. And, it, and that's what it is. It's all psychological warfare, psychological warfare. I could go just about anywhere. I'm telling you, a cart is coming out of somewhere. A janitor is coming out of somewhere. I went to City Hall the other day. Here comes the janitor. <laughs> You know, I get to work, cart in the middle of the street, just sitting there, the cart just there. I mean, it's ridiculous. But once you recognize these things, that's why it's really um, important that you do your research and that you understand this program, that you understand what they're doing to you because you can overcome it, you know. And and the scripture comes to my mind that we overcome by our testimony. So in other words, um, you talk about this stuff, you know, you get it out. You don't you don't let them uh, intimidate you into keeping it in. I used to do that. Now I'm exposing, you know, because you it, it, there's power in talking about it. You know, you kind of overcome it. You you just start to like, okay, I already know. When I walk in this store, somebody's coming at me with a cart, you know, and then eventually you, you start to get over it and it's not as effective anymore. So that's why it's important to do your research and also talk about it. 
Don't be afraid because they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. Okay, the episode. The defining characteristics of an extreme harassment episode are that the psychological assaults are nonstop, occupying every waking moment that many uh, that many people the target previously trusted participate. Remember I said my relatives, right, yesterday. And that there is no escape, no matter what the target does to try to flee. The episode may last a couple of months, but no longer. Not true. Now, that's not true. <laughs> I've been dealing with it for years, years and years. So I don't know. It could be a couple of months for the person who wrote this, maybe a couple of months for some of you guys, but it's been years for me. Um, the architects of the psychological warfare schedule, um, the psychological warfare schedule, underlying target programs seem to have a good grasp on how long it typically takes to radically alter a person's worldview. And, and see, this is why you have to counter. You have got to do something to help yourself through this mentally. This is where Meditation comes in. This is where prayer comes in. This is where talking to your peers about this stuff. And I will say that, you know, when you come to this call, there are people who complain about certain people talk all the time. I never get to talk. Like I get the, uh, I get the emails and I get the texts all the time. You know, they feel intimidated. They don't want to talk. You need to speak up. You need to speak up and say something because you need to get, you need to process this stuff and get it out. You know, and the people who do talk, they're getting what they came for. You know, they want to talk. They want to talk to somebody, so that's what they're doing. And it's up to you to speak up and say, excuse me, I have something to say, <laughs> you know, and say it. Say what you need to say because these people are trying to alter your perception of things, you know, and it really helps to, to talk to people and to throw some situations out there because, a lot of people have already gone through what you're going through or what I'm going through, and it just helps to share. Okay, it helps to synchronize the episodes with an event of major significance to the target. The event itself may be stressful or the target may suffer anxiety from preparing for the event while having to deal with the harassment. So in other words, you know, like I said, they try to kill me in the grocery stores with the carts and all that whole stuff. So. He's saying that, you know, you may suffer anxiety. In my case, let's just take the grocery store. I may suffer anxiety just thinking about going to the grocery store, and that's what they want. So that I will say, well, I'm not going because I know. I know they're going to come at me with these cars. And I used to do that. I really did. I wouldn't go without my husband because a lot of times when you're with someone else, they don't want it to show. You know, they don't want you to, they don't want the other person to see how they're harassing you. So it won't happen. So I used to not go without him. Now I'll go. I deal with it. I'm one of those people I believe in exposing myself to anything that I fear because I know I can overcome it if I expose myself to it. So now I will go, you know, but I'm still going to deal with it. I went to Target today, the same thing. But it doesn't affect me the same way. But it used to cause me extreme anxiety just to think about going to a store. And so many times I was like, no, I'm not going. Forget it. And even now, I have those moments where, no, I already had a stressful day and I don't want to deal with it. But for the most part, I, I have learned how to deal with that because it's just ridiculous. For one thing, I'll take a picture and they don't like that because I have plenty of pictures. 
plenty of pictures with them with their cards. Um, the target's reaction to the harassment are observed in some ways that are obvious to the target at the time and other ways that the target couldn't anticipate. The reactions help focus the harassment during the episode and also, I'm oh, sorry, that's my dryer, and also help identify the most traumatic stimuli for later use. Okay, so there's the next section is why extreme harassment plays such an important part in targeting. But before we go to that one, does anybody have any comments on what was said so far? Um, I do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, like in your situation with going out to, say, a store, mm-hmm. um, and and you get desensitized to it, um, you start really not, like I know something's happening, but it's like I'm not going to let that destroy my attitude, and so I just break through it. And I think that's really possible to do because I feel like I've done that to a certain extent. But and I think that's why that next level comes in where they realize, okay, well, you've been desensitized to this. You're still going out. Uh, then they then they go to the setup phase because that's another mm-hmm. level of stress. That, yes. that you realize this could not be, this is not only the day where I just kind of go out and I deflect things. This could be the day where I fall for something. Uh, yes. So that, but that's the same thing too, because like you said, you got to know who you are. And mm-hmm. I don't intend on making a scene of any sort at all. Matter of fact, I use humor and all that to deflect a lot of stuff because then they, then their, their attitudes definitely show because they're never really friendly. They're just smart asses and uh and they're they're just not being very civil, really. Mm-hmm. And and in particular if they are employees, you know, they're supposed to be hired to be a face for that company. And you can kind of say little things obviously not taking them on, but you can make them realize that they're they're exhibiting non professional behavior. Mm-hmm. So there's little, there's some little ways you can do that. You can just be sarcastic a little bit and then laugh it off like, well, I'm just joking. You're right. But, uh, those those are effective defenses. That's all I'm saying. To the to the perps, can you tell them they're not being professional? I would never tell them that directly. I would kind of send my own little secret language that kind of let them know that I'm I'm kind of on to uh, what's going on here, but yet mm. kind of mask it in humor. I just, I just, so when did you guys start? Hi, Renata, it's Anna. Hi, Anna, how are you? We started at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time about an hour and a half ago. I'm doing okay. They've been nice to me today, so I almost hate to say that because then you know they come back and target you even more. Yeah, they they go in waves like that, so just enjoy the downtime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I was saying about us talking? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that is really good, though, because I think the more that we all share and all realize a commonality, I, I think whoever's listening to these calls and recording them or whatever, I think there's some strength there. But if just mm-hmm. one of us gets on here and shares their experience and there's nobody else sharing anything, it, it it doesn't have the same power. 
Right. I really don't think it does. Because, well, you yeah, know, eventually, we'll, eventually this is all going to be connected. We're, we're going to have networks of people that are all like, oh, yeah, that's what they do to us here on the East Coast, too, and down here in Texas yeah. and out here in California and in Michigan. And, right. and then, then, then it starts being a little unnerving for the bad guys, I would think. So, uh, I you're right. I had to say that. I- you're right, though. I'm wondering if everyone understands that um, secret language that I just read that Arthur had talked about, how things become, they, they sensitize you to certain things, so then it becomes like this language, as he said, a secret language. So if you see it 12,000 miles away, you know it's directed towards you. Do you guys understand that? Yeah. Or have you experienced that? Have you experienced that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, what's weird is I know we're always sharing, like, the negative things that the perps do. Uh-huh. But believe it or not, I mean, I can actually look and say, like, some positive things, and I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> I know it does. But, um, like, they'll help me, like, find stuff on sale for, like, the smallest prices. And it's so weird because you know how they do the remote, um, you know, controlling with... It's like I'll... Like, take for instance, I had a Halloween party this past, um, you know, this past Halloween. And, you know, I was already aware at that point about targeted individuals. But it was weird because it was like, oh, I, I was sitting at the house and th- there was a big Halloween party going on and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you know, I don't really have that much money. You know, but I had a feeling that the costume was on sale, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to the store that they were kind of like hinting me, well, that I was thinking I should go to. and. It was like I put together like this really cute outfit for like ten dollars, you know. And it's like I'll I'll think to myself, um, you know, like let me go pick up some groceries, and all of a sudden it'll be like, well, why don't you go to this store, you know? And I'll go and I'll find stuff on sale for like pennies, you know. And it's just it's just it's like a love hate relationship they have with me. I don't get it. Okay, so that's the V2K you're speaking of, right? It, it's not V2K, um, Renata, because the V2K was like, unless it's V2K in a very low pitch. Okay, so how are they telling you this then? It's just like through thoughts, you know, like they woke me up this morning in a panic about my son. You know, and no sooner... Uh, because you know what they threatened me with, you know, um, that they're going to frame us, that he's going to be, you know, run into prison and all this other stuff. So I wake up in a panic. Mm -hmm. And at that time, Linda's call was on, and it was like, call Linda's call. You know, and I'm I'm calling Linda's call because it was like 4 o'clock, I think it was almost 5 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. So I call into Linda's call, and I listened to Anita. She was talking at the time, and it was like just 
hearing what she was saying kind of soothed me back down, and mm-hmm. I was able to go back to sleep for a little bit, you know, but it, it's like, I don't know how to explain, like the other day, I wasn't going to call, I, I pulled the battery off my cell phone, because that's all I have right now, and I wanted to just lie down and go to sleep. Well, they started attacking my legs, and it was like, put the battery back in the phone. But it's not, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's not, B, it, at least it's not B2K that I experienced in Virginia. I mean, this stuff in Virginia okay. was okay. like. So I'm confused because you said, you said that they uh, share good things with you and they, you know. Seriously. Yeah, like they'll teach me, like when I was packing, they'll teach me like the most efficient way to pack. That. Okay, but wait, let me let me ask my question, please. Okay, so you said that they they meaning the perks, um, you know, steer you to sales and like it's some good things that come out of it for you. But then in the same token, you said that it it could be God or something. You said something about God. No, 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 no. I, I no, I, I don't think they're God. <laughs> I I think they're trying to play God, but I don't think they're God. Um, I said. Um, I mean, I would, I would never. So how are they communicating this with you is what I'm trying to get It's just through thought. And unless it's, like I said, unless it's B2K and it's a very silent B2K. Okay, so you just said it again. Did you say through God? No, I said, I said, unless it's B2K and it's the very silent B2K. Because so how the, are you hearing it? How are you hearing it? I'm I'm confused at how you. I'm not. It's through. It, it's. I call it. I like they plan. They plant thoughts. You okay. know. I I don't know how to. Renata. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Okay. I mean, yeah. is anybody else on the call that? Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. is, is oh. there different? Is there different? You know, decibels of V2K because. Yeah, there is. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. You said they played thoughts. Hello. Um, okay. Let Let me see. Gary was getting ready to say something. Go ahead, Gary. All right. Well, this this author that we're reading from, um, this is his. This is the foundational part of his writings. That is the reason that I shared it with everyone. It's It's all about subliminal ideas and thoughts. Uh, it's um, totally invisible. You don't hear it. It they masquerade as your own ideas, like you you have an idea suddenly. I'm gonna go look out the front window, and then you go look out the front window, and then it's that same person that seems to be there every time I get up and go look out the window is standing right outside your window, like 40 feet away. It's yeah, because and, 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 it's not your idea. I, yeah, you yeah, think I it's your idea. That. I've had that myself. And Scott calls that that look but. Like something just tells you to look. But what she's saying is that they do good things for her. Now, Snowcat in the chat room says, I experienced the same. Here's another another way to look at that. Okay, wait, wait. Let me read read Snowcat's comment in the chat room. Snowcat says, I experienced the same thing. It is through thought, synthetic telepathy. I can think and they answer. I have experienced that kind of stuff too, but I just want for her to know that um, 
you know, these are not your friends. You know what I mean? I oh, I know. know. I have, that, I have, but, that I know. I have an opinion on that one, what she said. I mean, you can't. Like, maybe, maybe they're trying to gain your trust. Well, wait, wait. Uh, can, I, can I say something? Can I say something? It's just that when she say that they plant thoughts, right? All right. Uh-huh. The way she say it, okay, I almost, I almost made the mistake that she said they plant God. That's what I thought. No, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, I, 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 okay, I, I, I do think, I do think I think they do play God, though, because I think in the manner that they've demonstrated how powerful um, these tools are, I mean, I, I know for a fact that they can kill me like that. You know, but I you know, say but, God. But let me just say, though, but no offense, but it almost sounds like you're comfortable being friendly with them, and I don't want you no, to... No, no, I'm not, because I'm always... Uh, trust me, after... After what... Because I did trust them in, in the beginning. Literally, like, back in Virginia, I had trusted them. But what I'm trying to say is it's not like I'm almost friendly with them, because... I mean, you don't you don't go to the bathroom to get into a shower and be called like all kinds of hideous names, and you're gonna be friendly with these, you know, whomever, these people, or you know. Um, but what I'm trying to point out is, like, there are, you know, there are certain things that. It's like I know it wasn't my thought to go to that specific store and yet find something, you know, and it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, all of a sudden I have this yearning to go to the store. And I go to the store and I, you know, find this item that it's like, oh, okay, let me buy this, you know. It's at a really good price right now, even though they make me count my pennies. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not comfortable almost being friendly with them. (laughs) Yeah. By no, by no means. If you're, I mean, if you're looking for a puff, you're, you, you, um, you know, you put me in a frenzy and work my anxiety level up to a point where, you know, I feel like, I mean, I've had to demonstrate peaceful demonstration, peaceful apprehension. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I have learned peaceful apprehension, which I didn't even know what the terminology meant. That's the first thing, um, and I had to demonstrate it several times. And it's like, are they going to put me in a situation where I'm going to be like, you know, faced off with you know law enforcement? You know, I mean, I, I don't by any means want to trust them. Okay, let me read the comment from the chat room, please. Let me read the comment. Um, Snowcat says, they try to manipulate my beliefs. I can hold conversations, but I don't talk to them anymore because they were trying to control everything I thought and did. They are liars. Yeah. Um, and Life Stolen says, mine lie all the time, too. So I, I think that they're trying to gain your trust. That's what I think. Um, Memoir, I have a are comment. You there? 
Yeah, but I I, I think I after somehow. what I experienced in Virginia, um, I know not to trust them. You know, I mean, I, I literally have to be, you know, when they send the frequencies through the house, um, it's not a pretty sight. You know, I mean, they will dumb me down. And and I've always been a very responsible person. You know, I've always felt that, hey, if I was in the wrong, I was in the wrong. You know, if I did this, I did this. But I find myself, like, being like, that wasn't me, you know. Uh, like, it's not me to sit on my couch for an entire day and do absolutely nothing. Can I interrupt you for a minute? Go ahead, Memoir. You got a lot of reading to do on this subject. Is in like, don't trust them because they'll put you in uh, a mood where um, you think this is fun or funny or whatever, and then they'll slam you up against the wall. So just, I think but they have. I think, but I'm, I think that they're I'm doing. not trusting them. Right. Because. Okay. What I they think do. what they're doing is they're testing your personality to see how you will react in certain situations and evaluating you. So think of but it that way. I was basically held hostage in my mother's bathroom for like days because of these okay, people. Okay, Anna, Anna, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to ask you to listen just for a minute because memoir has a lot of experience with this, and I think she could really help you. So if you just give her a moment to to say what she needs to say, okay? Yeah, well, but I just, I just want to clarify, it's not like I'm trusting them. I, what good. I wanted to point okay. out... you've established that. You, you've established that. That's good. To, you know, I understand that. I get the point. But what I'm telling you is I think what they're doing is they are evaluating your personality. They, they, they will push you to a point... They will suggest things, V2K, to you to do. Um, they will see how you comply to see where the parameters of your personality is. Like, for instance, a lot of religious people, um, you know, it, they are um, hit with uh, suggestions of um, atheism or uh, uh, a different religion or different aspects of their religion to see where their parameters are to yeah. see just exactly how much they believe in their religion, like, for instance, um, to steal or to lie or to do something uh, that goes against your religion. They will test you on this. I, I think this whole thing, the majority of this whole thing, is an evaluation of your personality. Now, um, Renata, um, yeah. I want to interrupt here because... Um, I went into a website, and this gentleman did such an enormous amount of work for us. Um, what I'm trying to, I sent this to you, and if you did not get it, let me know. It is a list, it is a link to a website called lessemf.org. And he has put out a list of, um, what is it called, spectrum analyzers. Some of them are very, very cheap. Some of them are up to the hundreds, 600, and everything in between. 
And I'm getting together with uh, as many TIs as I can to see if we can purchase the same spectrum analyzer, and I promise you it will work, and I promise you it will be reasonably priced, and see if we can use these to set up a baseline as far as what is going on, and this will give us a um, baseline, you know, and, and we'll be able to compare uh, what what's happening with us. And these spectrum analyzers have to be a certain, they have to be pretty low on the scale of hertz because the human mind works at a pretty low. Oh, and the other thing I just found out about, um, this TI in Germany, he's living in an apartment, and um, he says that the guy above him is hitting him with microwaves do you know an arc welder? Uh, my father was a welder. My brother was a welder. My husband was a welder. I know a lot about it, but I did not know this. An arc welder is simply a microwave machine, and that if you, and you can buy them, and you can set them up and use them any way you want. And this German fellow thinks that this guy upstairs from him has an arc welder and he's using it on him with the microwave capability to nail him. So this is my thinking that a lot of this technology um, is military. Um, but I also think that going back to David Schreiner, his um, talk before Congress, he said that a lot of these things will be created by engineers in what he called backyard garage being built. And I have found that around here, too, that a lot of these things that I'm being hit with, I believe, are um, I have engineers and mechanic, mechanical engineer and chemists all around me and um, maintenance people, very clever, work for the city, they can set it up. And this is what I feel is a lot of my targeting. So as far as um, dealing with, I think that if we start dealing with our um, targeting and get a baseline for a lot of people and see if we can get us all on the same page, I'm only picking out certain people that I think that could stabilize and go with this. Nadi, right. um, you're one, and I did send you some email on this. And yeah, it, does, it has the whole list of all kinds of spectrum analyzers in there. Some of them you can download to your phone. Some of them are cheap. Some of them are expensive. They'll give you directions. They'll give you quantity, amplitude, the whole thing. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Memoir. Oh, and one more thing. If anybody would like to contact me to get a um, list of this, I can do that. My email is memoir100 at hotmail.com, and I'm not going to repeat it. And um, you can also go to less, E-M-F, all one word, dot org, and he has it on his website, and this wonderful gentleman did all this work for us. 
Thank you, Memoir. Thank you very much. So send, send Memoir an, an email if you guys want to know more about it. Thank you. Welcome. Um, anybody else? I'm going to go back to this article. Um, Gary, were you Renata, yeah, you were yeah, to say something. I, I just had a, a a quick thought on um the uh the perps looking like they're trying to do you a favor or help you in some way. Uh mm-hmm. with the shop with the shopping thing because one of the primary first things I think close to the top of the list is to strip you financially. So it's it's quite possible that they're trying to teach you you can always spend your money. Uh, you can find a way, because for some people, and I'm not saying you, uh, they get a little rush out of buying something new, especially getting a good deal. So if you, for instance, go to uh, one uh, moderately ex- expensive place and you find something you like there and you decide not to buy it, it could be they're trying to help you spend your money to slowly but surely uh, impact your your monetary situation negatively. Well, if so you're poor, you can't fight back. And I suggest to anybody, any TI, if you have something of value, uh, antiques, um, cash, coins, whatever, go out by the full moon and find a spot, scope it out during the day, go pace it off, Go measure it off, do it real sneaky, and bury whatever you got because they'll go after it. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, I've I've experienced that already. Like I said, when I trusted them, and I I don't think that um, you guys are understanding. It's kind of like I, I I don't know how to explain it, but. Um, it, it's not so much because I don't have any money. <laughs> And they're very well aware of that. I mean, they've held up my fan, my finances in every way, shape, or form that they possibly that's part, could. That's part of the point, though. If they steer you in directions where you can buy what you want at a lower price, then they're getting what little amount of money you have. Like, if you can only spend $15, magically they find an item that's around that price, then you're spending that money. They're trying to spin you down to zero, and they'll help you do that. Uh, I'm not saying they're doing it. I just want to give you that perspective because that's my take on it. When you first started telling me about it, I thought, well, yeah, because I've experienced that impulse to buy because that is a common thing, I believe. At least least it is with me. No, and I appreciate, I mean, I appreciate all of the advice I do because, um, I mean, they they rattled me pretty bad, you know. But I wasn't. I I think what I was trying to point out is um, for whatever reason they've used me in every way, shape, or form that they possibly could, you know. Um, as far as it's it's almost I don't know if they're testing for like things to come on for other people you know being able to communicate with other people and um you know let people know like what's on sale where and stuff like that but 
it's almost like it's it's marketing or something. I, I don't know. Well, or you know what? I'll I'll tell you this. One of the common things they do to me is um, save a parking space for me. And what they do is they'll have a perk. Like they they know where I'm going. They'll have a perk sitting in a car in that area, and then the perp will pull off, and I'll pull in. It took me a while to realize they do that because they want to have me where they want to have me. You know yeah. what I mean? Where, yep. they, where I'm visible, where they can see me easily or for whatever reason. Yeah. So, you know, not... they do these little things. But yep. it, 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 it's not a good thing at all. Believe me, it's not. No. It might appear that way, and they want you to think that, but it's not. You can kind of tell sometimes it's obvious. Like I went out with some family to a, a crowded rock bar, and we, we went in the front door, and we were like, oh, my God, there's not going to be any place to stand up. We're going to have, we're gonna be forced to stand the whole entire damn time. So we we kind of worked through this big crowd, and we went to the, this, the back of the main room, and there was one table sitting there, and there was nobody at it. And we sat there. And here's the thing. I had some kind of dark conversations with one of the guys, and some of the things I said happened to me the next day. So, and it was done to push my buttons. I was complaining about dog walkers and how dog walkers show up all over the place. Well, they yep. disappeared. The dog walkers had kind of subsided. But after sitting at that little table there and talking about that, the next day I had dog walkers at least three. And one woman even had three dogs. So I trace it back to that because they opened up that table. And I think the people sitting around that table were probably in on it. So it's the same thing like your parking spot, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I get the dog walkers, too. So I know it's me about that. Okay. Sorry, I don't mean to derail it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I just hope that um, that she sees that Anna sees that um, it's not a good thing. It may appear to be a good thing, but believe me, everything they do um, to the target, they do for a reason, to their benefit, not yours. And there's usually a witness that you don't even know about or multiple witnesses. So you got to be aware of that. There's usually a what? There's usually somebody else that their job is to watch. So, like, if somebody rams their shopping cart into you, there's somebody over somewhere close by watching the situation to see how you react. Yeah, observers. Yeah, observers. They're always around. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard concept to come up to, and it's hard to remember at the time. But you got to really remember that because that's that's what can get you in trouble in the future is how you react and how those people report how you acted. Because they definitely do report back. Yeah, they do. And like Memoir said, you know, it's sort of like a test, like they're they're in this observation period with you probably. Yeah. um... Matter I think, of fact, that movie Seeking Justice that Renata has talked about, Nicolas Cage, it's called Seeking Justice. Uh, you'll see that happen in that movie. Actually, I had to play that back several times because I couldn't believe that they included that. Uh, there's one 
there's one scene where um, Nicolas Cage meets with somebody, a, a bad guy, and then he's, he's from a stalking network, basically, a vigilante group. And um, I hope this doesn't ruin it for you. I don't think it would if you happen to see it. But when Nicolas Cage finishes talking with this bad guy, the bad guy gets up and leaves, and then suddenly this this guy that was sitting at the table diagonally from jumps up, looks at Nicolas Cage, and then leaves with a smirk on his face, meaning he was sitting there watching that whole entire time and listening to everything that those two said in that meeting. I, I couldn't believe it actually made it in a movie because it's exactly what we're talking about. That was a good movie. Yeah, it was. It really was. Okay, I'm gonna continue you... on with this. I'm gonna continue on with this article, you guys. Um, okay, so why extreme harassment plays such an important part in targeting? The nonstop and inescapable, highly focused harassment is intended to sustain a prolonged state of heightened anxiety in which the target fears for his life. The target's conscious mind is bypassed. Psychological changes in the target's brain occurs, specifically in the amygdala, responsible for processing threats. What kinds of memories are formed during an extreme harassment episode? A lot of people are out to get you. Repeated displays of hostility and a few memorable displays of group hostility leading up to and possibly coinciding with the extreme harassment episode caused, uh, caused the target to interpret every single event in the episode as evidence of hostility. Those events will be psychologically anchored to or associated with the obvious displays of hostility. Nobody can be trusted. They're all in on it. People the target trusted are induced tricked or subliminally influenced into participating, um, creating memories of betrayal. They're being sneaky about it. The target has been trained to expect uh, very subtle signs of hostility, careless words or actions, casual glances, random pieces of trash, and so on, may be construed as evidence a person is in on it. These long-lasting and vivid emotional memories help turn the target into his own worst enemy. And that's true, because after a while you start targeting yourself. Um, Only very minor triggers from people he meets, which may be the product of subliminal commands, are necessary to refresh the feelings of persecution. Okay, so that ends the extreme harassment. Um, I want to go back to something he said. Nobody can be trusted. They're all in on it. People the target trusted are induced, tricked, or subliminally influenced into participating, created, creating memories of betrayal. That is not true, and he's not saying that it's true. He's saying this is the message they're trying to send you, that everybody's in on it and nobody can be trusted. And that's just simply not true. Everyone is not in on it. But because of all of these things they're doing to you, you begin to think that any time, I'll use myself for an example, any time I see a shopping cart, oh, my goodness, those people are in it. No, I don't believe that because I know it's not true. I know that coincidences do happen, that things do happen. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, 
The other day, uh, my family and I were talking about, my husband and I were talking about going on a cruise, on a, um, you know, this summer, a, a cruise thing, you know. And so uh, we, we were having that whole conversation. And then about 20 minutes later, my brother sends me a text of a picture of him and his girlfriend on a cruise. So instantly my mind thinks, okay, so he's in on this. You know what I mean? You know how they want us to think that? But coincidences do happen. So I said to myself, before I jump to conclusion, because I remember I'm telling you, I'm realizing that more and more of my family members are in on this, and, and I know for a fact, a true fact, that some of them are, but they want me to think all of them are which I don't believe that all of them are. So I decided, okay, before you just jump the gun, just because you were just talking about this cruise and everything, and now he sends you this picture of him and his girlfriend on a cruise, my mind thinks, okay, so he's in on this targeting. But I've decided to investigate this a little further So before I jump to that conclusion because I don't think that he's in on it. Um and so I asked him, I said, well, when, when did you guys go on this cruise? Because I'm thinking, okay, now did he pull up an old picture just to target me or you know what? And so um, he said, we, we went today. And I said, oh, okay, so what's the occasion? He said, it's her birthday. And he said, I actually intended to send that picture to, and then he named one of my cousins that he intended to send it to. And he actually sent that picture to everybody in the family. So what I'm trying to say is because, they target us and have us sensitized to so many things, you automatically think that everybody is targeting you when, when things like this happens, which happen to be a coincidence. So I'm saying investigate a little further. Investigate a little further like I did. Now I have no doubt that he was not trying to target me. You know, the relatives I saw yesterday showed me the same picture that he sent to them, and it really was his girlfriend's birthday. So, you know what I mean? Like, you would think that a lot of this stuff is against you, but it's not. They want you to think that. They really want you to think that every single person is in on it, but they're not. They're just not. Any comments? I know, know, Renata, and I think, actually, I'm very well experienced in that um, field that you're in. And I'm I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm just putting it out there for everybody. No, 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 I know, but I just want to say, I just want to say because what you are describing, I've been experiencing that for like so long now that, and I've never thought my family was in on it. Like, um, I think what they, what they do is they target my family in general and, you know, I'm the one for whatever reason, I'm the one who's aware of it. Like today, I I took up and I started writing again. I haven't written. I will not keep a journal, uh, and that's something I've always done. Uh But I will not keep a journal because of the simple fact that I'm like, first of all, I don't know who's doing the targeting. And the second thing is, I'm like, yeah, if, if, like, I lose my journal. I'm like, that's, you know, people would be like, who the hell is this girl? This must be one sick, twisted mind writing down all the stuff that's happening to you because no one would believe this stuff. So I haven't kept a journal in like, in quite some time. And when I found myself 
you know, writing in the journal today, I knew for a fact, I'm like, okay, it's a little scary for me because of the things that I wrote down. I'm not homicidal. I'm not suicidal. Um, But the things that I've written down, it's almost as if it's like, um, if if somebody, if like I, I actually wrote down, why am I writing this down? If something is to happen to me, um, then obviously, if something is to happen to me and, and somebody finds this journal, is this a way of you confessing, you know, the, the um, horrific crime that you're committing against me? I wrote that down. And mm-hmm. and it's a little that's a little scary for me because I wrote down quite a lot of stuff, um, people to contact, and they they have threatened that you know I mean my targeting is very extreme, very extreme, and it's very scary. Where it's it's to a point that, like I said, I mean it's. It's threatening harm to me, harm to my son, um, threatening to to frame us with crimes we would never commit. I mean, all kinds, all kinds of different stuff. But just like I said, just just to have that journal. So I took it along with me because I'm like, okay, I I don't know why I even started this journal um, because I've made it a rule not to write down any of this stuff. Uh, this is not. Um, common for me, you know. Um, I, I've kept journals. I've kept journals in the past, and never wrote down any of the stupidity that that's written on down on there. You know, journaling is very good, though. It's a it's a good way to to get your feelings out, even if you don't want to talk about targeting per se. It's still good to journal. It's a good thing. I love to write. I, in fact, I bought a book yesterday. I might read some of that. I bought a book on it prompts you with writing because, you know, you get writer's box or whatever, and it, it gives you some prompts. It's really a, a good little book. No, uh, and, I, yeah, and I've, always, I've always, you know, written. But what I've also noticed in the past is my journals have disappeared. And, I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, that's a little uncomfortable feeling because, you know, those are your personal thoughts and your personal feelings. And... They, you know, a book doesn't just get up and you know walk out of the house, you know, and it's like that's happened with me before. So I'm very, you know, I'm very careful um, about not writing down and, and leaving things because of the simple fact that they do, you know, go and and, and get your stuff. So I, I like I don't know what. You know, my targeting is in reference to, but I would think it's it, it, it's pretty, it, it's very extreme, and it's very scary for me. It, it is very scary. I mean, besides being on a constant, you know, alert about my son and whatever else, I mean, it, it's the sickest, twisted type of targeting, you know, Um And, and besides, you know, constantly, like I said, constantly worrying about, oh, you're going to murder my son, you're going, you know, you're going to um, do something to my son. You, you, I mean, 
it's everything. It's like, oh, he walks out the door, and no sooner he walks out the door, it's like, well, we're going to do this to him. We're going to do that to him. You know, pick up the newspaper, look at the headlines for tomorrow. Um, You know, and I have relatives who are in law enforcement. I have relatives who are, you know, who have high security clearances in the government. And I cannot reach out to anybody. You know, I cannot talk to my relatives about this. I am threatened on a constant basis that it, the person, the minute I tell someone, um, either I'm, I'm going to end up in, in a mental ward <laughs> or, you know, they're going to be targeted. So it's like I, I, I have no room for, you know, for error. It, it's like, okay, if I'm not going to, you know, cooperate with them, because I'm always looking to, to improve. I'm always looking to improve my situation, my new apartment, you know, my, my life. Um, I mean, they've pretty much torn it down to nothing. And it's like, okay, if you're, if you're constantly, you know, going to be trying to improve your situation, we're just going to ram you with frequencies where then I'm like, I'm just like dumber than a rock, you know. You're calling yourself dumb? What did you say? I said, if I'm determined, like, if I get up and and I'm determined, uh, you know, because I always am. I mean, I've been through some pretty rough situations where I've had no choice but to get up, no matter how I felt, no matter how sick I was, no matter how, you know, what situation was playing out in my life. I've had no choice but to get up and lead a normal day, you know, um, go to work. Uh, get up, go to work, be nice, do this, do that, you know, come back home, take care of the house. That's how I've lived my life constantly. So, you know, the minute I, I get, uh, the minute I get like an opportunity to get up and try to improve something, I'm, I'm always, I'm always gearing towards that. And if I don't, if I'm always gearing towards that, it's almost like, well, like I said, it, the frequencies will get so high I will literally be sitting down on the couch just watching hours just waste away to nothing because they're so determined to keep me from being productive. It's my nature to be productive. It's my nature to get up and do. And and I've never been one to say, well, you know, um, well, you know, I was being hit with frequency, so now I'm sitting on the couch and doing nothing. I've I've never had that reason, but it's like, okay, but this is what's happening. You know, I will be sitting here and I'll be very well aware and it's like, okay, you're not going to move. You're not going to do anything today, no matter how determined I am. So that's what you plan? That's how you plan to live your life? Just giving in to what they want for you? Huh? Is that how you plan to continue your life? Just giving in to what they have planned for you? Giving into what they have planned for me, um, no. But I don't. I don't think I have much of. That's a not what she said. That's not what she said. He's trying to pick that up. Huh? No, I'm talking. I'm talking about you. I mean, you didn't say. I, I think it was a misconception. Okay, you didn't say that. No, I, I didn't. Um, what I was 
what I was trying to point out was, you know, because I'm always uh, because I'm always trying to improve. It's uh-huh. like they will all they will you know target me harder and harder every single day. It's not. Well, that's, that that's, I mean, that's their mo. That's what they do to all of us, you know. Right, we... but uh, it's not like I'm, you know, giving it into what they they have planned for me. I, I okay. I'm not quite quite sure. Okay, I apologize. I was just asking the question. So, so you plan to continue to try to improve upon your life and do the things that you want to do. I know you said you were looking for a job, and you know, so just continue down that path. Yeah, and I do. I mean, you know, my targeting, like I said, is is really bad. You know, you target me and you threaten to, um, you know, bring up child support, uh, child support, child molestation charges against me and my son. That was one of the things that they threatened very, very loud back in Virginia. Um, I will not go near a child nowadays. As sad as it's But Anna, 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 uh, this is what I hear you say a lot is what, how they threaten you and what you, you know, what they say to you and, you know, these things that they, they actually tell you about sales. And it's like, I, I feel like you give them a lot of your attention. And I, I do. I, well, as, and, as far as, far okay, as let me finish, like, let me finish, please. Okay. So they, I understand that they threaten you with, you know, setting you up with child molestation and things like that. These are things that most of us go through. These are, you know, these subtle threats and all of this kind of stuff. And that's a real thing. That, like, that's real. They really can set us up. I, you know, I go through that stuff myself. However, I don't. I'm not going to listen to it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to listen to it. I don't care what they say because I I understand that these people are not my friend, and they do not have me in their best interest. And yes, they can set me up any moment, any day. I know that, but we have to not really pay attention to them. You know what I'm saying? We have to really try not to, because that's just more control that they're having over you. That's just more mind control tactics. Oh yeah. yeah, and and let me tell you, um, I, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit, um, I would say a pretty good seventy-five percent of the way my life has changed is definitely being controlled by them because I'm the technical. See, if if you're aware. If you've been targeted to a point where you've experienced um, false memory and you will swear that that situation took part in your life and then you realize that it never did, Mm -hmm. and I'm very well aware of that because I've experienced it, I'm like, they could easily do that to a kid and have a kid say Something like that, and, and that's very scary. That's and very you know scary. what? That's real. That is real. Your concern is real, and they truly they do that to people. I know target uh, mainly men, but there are some women, but mainly men that I know that they you know they threaten them with the whole pedophilia thing. Uh, there's one guy who says yeah, they that, threaten uh, me, they threaten my son, and, and it's like okay, I mean they they do the flashing images of 
us being dragged in court, him being dragged in jail, him yeah. raped. I him. understand that. And as a parent, I really do understand that and I sympathize with you. But, you know, the way I handle that is I put my children's lives in God's hands. I ask him to protect them, you know, from all of this evil. But I know that I cannot protect them from, from this evil. All we can do is equip them with the knowledge, you know, and pray for them. That's a real concern for any parent. That's a real concern for ourselves that they can set us up like this. There's one target that used to come on this call. He says whenever he goes in the bathroom, well, I'm sure not each and every time, but when he goes to a public bathroom, a young boy will come up and ask him to zip up his pants. And he's wise enough not to do that because he knows it's a setup. So he says he always tells him, nope, go find your mother, You know, go find your father, you know, because imagine he's helping him zip up his pants and then a parent walk in. Oh, my God, you know. There's oh, no, I know. I mean, my, you know, so my cousin. Is, it's a real concern, and I, I understand that. But trust me, we all go through that on some level. It may not be exactly that. But their goal is to try to set all of us up. And that's why it's really important, like Memoir was saying, we need to do our research, understand how this program operates, understand what they're trying to do to you as, you know, you and your own personal targeting, just like me, you know, it's certain things and everybody has their own thing. But on the same token, we have to move forward in our lives. We yeah. cannot be controlled by those memories, by those flashbacks, by those traumas. We all have traumas due to this program. This is a trauma-based program. I constantly deal with that, you know. I constantly deal with that stuff, but I cast that demon out because I know that that stuff is of the devil, is not of God, and I don't receive it. I just, I don't receive it. It's not to say it doesn't happen. Um, the holograms, they used to give me the holographic images all the time of traumatic stuff, very traumatic, and I still get it sometimes, you know, and then they try to use your past against you, some of the things that I went through in the past. They try to bring that stuff back, but I don't receive it. And even if it does come, I just, I, I still, you know, you can't, you cannot, that's why the Bible says we have to walk by faith and not by sight. You cannot walk by how things look, because if any target goes off of how things look, things don't look good for us. And that's just for real. It doesn't. But we can't We can't go off of that. We have to have faith in God. We have to have trust in God. And we have to go on with our lives. Do, do not let these people control you with these images and these thoughts and these subliminal messages. And, you know, you have the power to override that. Everybody has the power to override that. Oh, trust me. I mean, I would love nothing more. You know, my cousin just called me, just texted me the other day, asking me if I could watch her daughter, and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even, you know, I, I think I've, I've said it before, maybe not on, on this call, you know, on your call, but it's like, nope, um, you know, kids come around me, I look the other way, I'm like, nope. <laughs> Because, and so you have allowed them to control you and to yeah. keep you away from children, which you probably love dearly. Of course, you put your certain precautions in place. Of course, you do, but you just you don't let them control you that way. You know you're not a pedophile. You don't let them keep you away from children. Children are beautiful. You know I what know. I mean. Children I are know. precious. And, children are uh, innocent. They don't want you around children, so they're doing that to you. I know, and. and it, it does, it hurts a lot because 
of of all things, of all things, it's like, my God, that's what always made me happy is to see kids and, you know, be able to talk to them and, you know, and it's like, but, I, you know, honestly, I don't know um, how far back my targeting goes, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, um, I think it's very far back. I think it's... I memoir think it's, said in the chat room, memoir said ignore them. You know, and it's true. And she said someone should tell her that there are a bunch of us out here been there, done that, and just ignore them. And yeah. it's true, but, you know, just to say ignore them is a little easier said than done because that takes a lot of practice, um, you know, to successfully ignore. And you really, when you get good at it, that's when they start upping things. That's when they started running over my feet with carts and things, you know, so how are you going to ignore that? But, um, you know, so it is a little difficult at times to ignore, but that that's the best thing. Because once they can get your attention, they're very happy. And that's when they're going to pour all kind of stuff in your mind. You know? Yeah, they do. So, I'm, I'm a person. And then you have to know who you are. You know you're a good person. You know you're not a pedophile. You know you're none of that. You know? So just be confident in knowing who you are. Yeah, I, I used to be. <laughs> I, I think a lot of you maybe are more used to this um, or... You know, I've only found out as of, like, I mean, I knew things became very strange. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't even know what to call this type of crime. And, I mean, I did actually try to reach FBI because it got so bad at my mom's in Virginia that I was trying to figure out, like, when are they going to let up on this? I mean, it wouldn't stop. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I'm like, I need to report this. I mean, here I am literally stuck in this house, even though people are around, people were around me. I'm like, my family's not that far. They have no idea what's going on. You know, and at that time, both, my cell phone went down, and the landline went down. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on in my life? I, 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 don't, I don't carry a gun. I'm not armed. I'm like, I'm not a danger to people. I'm not a danger to myself. I'm like, what is going on in my life where literally someone has shut down phone service, <laughs> you know, in both sources, you know, I mean, not just your cell phone, but also on the landline when you're trying to report a crime. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm a mom, a housewife, um, I don't do anything. I was trying to figure out, like, what is causing this? What is causing this type of, you know, such an aggression from them? To turn on well, you like this. It has nothing to do with you. These people are just evil. They yeah, just want to well, torture people. Okay, let me finish well, this article. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I, I do have your number. And I, I, I did tell them that your your call is very um, inspirational and very positive. I wish you would do more of them. You tell who that? Who is them? Who did you tell that to? Um, 
one of the girls, uh, an, another target. Oh, okay. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. No, thank you, Renata. Thank you. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, so go ahead as you were No, reading. no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, okay, so the logistics of extreme harassment. Episodes like these are clearly planned weeks or months in advance. Suggesting foreknowledge of the circumstances, the episode is designed around. Um, the target's harassers likely played a part in engineering those circumstances. The targets will be subverted on one or more levels, making it hard to escape and making his perpetrator's job easier. He may not have the freedom to leave the situation in which the extreme harassment is, is occurring, such as at a workplace or near the target's residence. Yeah, it, it's really hard at work <laughs> because you can't, you know, you're there, you're stuck there for eight hours. Um, alternatively, the target's panicky decisions about where to go next might not be the product of his own free will. It is likely that operatives are moved into place beforehand at key locations close to the target's residence and possibly even at his workplace. Several psychological warfare tactics from a seemingly standardized playbook can be deployed against the target at a moment's notice, using operatives in place or if the target is moving around freely, using mind control technology on people around them. There may also be a playbook consisting of original themes specifically directed at that one target. So he's saying they may even have a, a little manual on how to deal with you that they pass from purse to purse. Um, conclusion, what targets think, think of as organized stalking is part of a program. This program has several elements common to most target, uh, targets campaigns, including the use of an extremely deceptive and traumatizing harassment episode. A very deliberate, deliberate psychological warfare schedule leading up to and encompassing an extreme harassment episode ends up physically altering the target's brain. Having, a, a lived through, uh, having lived through such an episode, the target processes information about threats or potential threats very differently differently under the circumstances, and given the secret edge enjoyed by target perpetrators. It is perfectly understandable that many targets are led on wild goose chases for years. Okay, so that ends that particular, um, that was called Extreme Harassment Episodes on JeffPolacek.com. Did anybody want to comment? Hello. No comments. Okay. It's a very good article. That's all I can say. Really good. Thank you again, Gary. Gary told us about this. It is really, really. It's uh, it's very accurate. I think. At least I've noticed some of these extreme targeting episodes. It's just amazing to me. Some of the things that they do is just out of this world. <laughs> it's like really. All this for me, oh, it's incredible. And 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 thank you for allowing me to use you as an example, Charles and Gary. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Oh no, that's fine. Um, I've talked that's about fine. this before, and I'll try not to talk very long. But 
my situation has definitely been unusual in the past in that uh, I played in a local band and played at some clubs that had lots of people. And so they had my they had the band schedule, and they could they could plan stuff, and mm-hmm. they could have lots they could have lots of people there. And uh, one of the significant things that they can do is they can marshal lots of people, and then uh, have like say for instance in one case, two extremely wonderful gigs where we we felt like we were Bruce Springsteen or some other. I mean, these people just loved the band and packed in, and it, it's like we were the best band in town, but we weren't. We weren't really all that well-known. So we had mm-hmm. two great gigs, and then all of a sudden, the third one, nobody shows up. Just like See, that. that's, that, that's that blacklisting. It is. And it's, it follows the same thing that you experience with individuals. You meet somebody new, and you hit it off a little bit, and and they're nice, and then all of a sudden they're not. It's the same concept. You know something's changed. Right. They get to them real quick, don't they? Yeah. So just imagine that on a, a mass scale. You've got a whole whole gig that's really a, it's fake. You've got all these people that are there looking like they're fans and, like, just love you, and then all of a sudden nobody. <laughs> I think the, uh, things like that are designed to to make you lose hope. Right. It you is. Know? Yeah, the yeah, whole capitalism thing. Yeah. Just what like you say, Charles? Oh, go ahead, Charles. Yeah, I said, yeah, to break you down, and you said, you know, um, when he when he gave that example, he said they um, they get to him real quick. Also, also another thing to get to get to them real quick, but. Um, the person could be said to you, okay, just uh, pretend, uh, like I said, uh, street terminology, ter- terminology is, ter- a term is um, play play you close, play somebody close. So they send mm-hmm. somebody, they send somebody to play, play you close, okay, and then when you, you know, fall into the, you know, then they flip on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we all have experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for so then, so then that I mean that um that breaks down um I mean it breaks down a lot of things. I mean you, know, you the more you don't trust trust people and stuff like that. Yeah, me it's always like um see I I don't believe that. I'm being approached by perfect strangers, um, you know, so that they can deliberately sexually harass me. But me, it's like if I, you know, if I step out to go do something and I, you know, all of a sudden, it's like I I, I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine um, and he doesn't, he doesn't get it. I'm like... It's like I can't be, I can't just go out and and meet somebody because they will literally, like, make this person sexually harass me. Um, And I know it sounds, I know it sounds maybe far-fetched, 
but I was trying to explain to a friend. I said, you know, not, it's not every, you know, I ran into kids who are like my son's age. And and out of nowhere, they'll just be like, they'll just come up and be like, you know, you say hi from a distance. Hi, how you doing? Oh, hi, how are you? And out of out of nowhere, they're like approaching you and they're like, hey, you know, you got a nice body. You You know, everything is like, in a sexual sense, it's like, what, you know, what is this? Because I honestly don't believe that, you know, all these young kids are going to be like, oh, hey, you know, you're a really nice looking, you know. It's being done deliberately, and it's not like these people are actual perpetrators. I mean, this, I'm talking about, like, or or maybe they are, and I just don't, you know, maybe well, I don't. Some of, some of them may be, but then that goes back to what we were saying, how people around you can be manipulated, you know, into saying or doing certain things. So Absolutely. they probably don't even know. They're probably and, just like, why should I say that to that lady, you know? Yeah, and and that's like, I tried to explain that to a friend. I said people are being used and manipulated in a in a sense, I'm like, and it's not them. You know, like, I went for a walk a few weeks ago, and, you know, I just saw this guy all of a sudden stop, and I was like, oh, God, here we go, you know, because I'm thinking to myself, what's he going to say to me? What's he, you know, what's he going to do? Because I was just trying to just go for a walk and just enjoy, you know, sitting by the pond or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy didn't, it, thank, thank God this one didn't, you know, say anything, but it, 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 nine out of, I would say maybe like um, eight out of ten times it's going to turn into some type of, you know, harassment, but yet the person is being manipulated to do it and the person is not really doing it. Some of them are put up to it, but some of them are probably being manipulated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, listen, there's different type of programs, too. You know what I mean? Like, they, they have some of the women on those um, sexual programs. It just depends on how they're trying to program you. I know a woman, uh, I know two different uh, targeted women where different people's husbands and men always try to talk to them, you know, and then they set it up like she came on to them, you know? So they they have all these different little programs they try to have people on. They have some people on the on the drug program, where people are constantly feeding them drugs, you know, and they get them all strung out. Or the alcoholic program, or whatever program, you know. Yeah. Well, it just like depends. I, said, I would like to be able to at least acquire a, a FOIA on um, on my dad because. From what I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, they're basically turning my life into like what what they what I believe they did. Now, as I see, like, you know, how powerful their tools are, and they're pretty powerful. Um, now I, I can get a pretty good idea. Of, of what happened to my dad. And my father was a really good person. 
and they they took everything. And um, you know, throughout throughout life, as I was growing up, I was trying to figure out like what what did happen to my dad, you know, and I mean, they'll use my family because I'm not going to blame it on my family. I know my family. I know what my family's capable of. I know the love that they have for me. Okay. And I, I'm never, ever going to be convinced that they're doing this on their own because they do manipulate people. And they've used my family members to say some pretty hurtful things. You know, and, you um, know, that's the thing about family. Like, mine... We, I mean, we were super dysfunctional. I'm not even going to lie about that. But we had a, a certain amount of love and respect for one another and a, a weird kind of closeness. But um, one by one, they're starting to turn. And um, you, you'd be surprised how they really can manipulate and, and turn people. And then in my family, I have a bunch of people trying to go into the entertainment industry. And that has a whole set of <laughs> issues right there, you know, when you talk about those um rituals and the things that they have to do to get involved with that stuff. So it, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, it doesn't really surprise me that some of them are, are um, you know, in on the targeting at this point, but um, they they do it. I mean, they can turn people who you've been close with all your life. I don't know what they tell these people, but they go along with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I we've always, uh, you know, I come from a, from a huge family, and we've always been close, always. And um, I see them being targeted. I see things happening to them, and I can't even tell them, "Hey, you know what? This is really this is really what's playing out in your life." I can't even tell them that. Because they threaten, like, well, we'll target them. You know, imagine this, you know, happening to your little sister or imagine this, you know, happening to, you know. And again, Anna, stop listening to them. They love it when you when you give them an audience. Don't listen to them. But, yes, it's true. They, I mean, they can do these things, but you don't need to hear from them. You already know they can do these things. You already know that. So don't listen to them. Really. Sing a song. When those subliminals start coming to my mind, I sing a song. I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to hear it. I really, I don't. I don't want to hear it. I get those subliminal, all of that stuff you described. I, I sing. I sing a praise song or something to the Lord because I don't want to hear that mess because those people would never tell me anything that's going to help me. If they want to tell me something, tell me who's doing this to us and take me to them so I can ask questions. Other than yeah. that, we don't I, I say. I think. I think that's one of the things I wrote down um, when I wrote in my journal today. Um, you know, just give me the truth. Just give me the truth because I see the way you're manipulating situations, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I, I know my targeting goes back quite a ways and, um, like if if you targeted my dad, then you targeted a great human being. Um, you 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 broke down a terrific family, and um, 
I think my I, I think my family at least deserves to know that. I think my family yeah. deserves to know, especially my mom. She, yeah. You know, she's in her 70s, and it's like you're targeting her right now. Um, she'll call me up and tell me, like, the things that she's experiencing and or, or, or you know, like like her and I getting numb, numbing and tingling up our left arm at the same exact on the same exact day at the same exact time. Uh, you know, heart heart attacks are not contagious, but we know how these people play. You know, and um, it, it, it's it's like you know, little by little, I see, I just see like my siblings, and it's like. You guys, this stuff is happening. You know, I want to tell them, you know, this stuff is happening to me. And mm-hmm. I believe this is what happened to our dad. And, um, you know, this is what's playing out in your life. You know, because I'll be honest, I, I think we've been used as um, human med- medical experiments, my mm-hmm. family. Um, I see them all at one point financially, um Great, great losses of of money in a mm-hmm. substantial financial way. Um, several of them. You know, I I see situations arising again. You know, and, and you know, I I I. It's like, you know, this is not just happening because you know, it's one bad luck after another, after another. It's like this is being, you know, deliberately played into your life, you know, and and I really would just like to be able to tell them that, you know. Yeah. Well, um, if you do, um, I would suggest that you have, like, websites and things that you can show them but they know, you know, that it's happened to other people. It's not just coming from you. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm very lucky because, um, Kate has sent me quite a few emails that that have links um, showing, you know, um, showing uh, patents and and all different types of information on this stuff. So I, I would like to be able to sit down at one time or another and be able to be able to tell them. Yes. You know, but I. Like I said, I'm always very skeptical because then I'm like, you know, at least right now they're they're not aware of of what's playing out. But if, if they do become aware, my main my main fear is, oh Lord, if they do become aware, you know, does it go to the extent that I'm experiencing? And, and God knows, you know, I'm like I would never. Never want to see any individual work up to to the situation, you know. Or well, you have to worry about them saying you're crazy and trying to put you away. Right, right, and 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 that I see, and that is another thing that um up they they threaten me with, you know. Um, you'll be locked up as you know, and and I'm like. Okay, that's I, I've had enough of this crap. Um, I, I've never had B2K before in my life. 
you know, and at the age of 47, it's a hell of a time to be introduced to it. But, um, yeah. you know, some some days when, when we, we're on the conference calls, you know, it, it's a really good thing. Other days, it's like, oh, my God, I can't listen to this call. You know, I mean, because it sounds yeah. like horrific. Yes, I understand. Did anyone else, um, I'm going to end early because the Super Bowl game is on. Did anyone else want to say anything before we go? Anybody? It's your chance before we end. Charles, did you want to say anything? No, nothing comes to mind right now. Um, just uh, I wish everybody well, okay, and stay strong. Thank you, Charles. Okay, I'm going to end early, you guys, and we'll be back next Sunday. So I'm going to let you guys go and enjoy the game, and I'm going to go do something with myself. I probably won't be watching the game because I'm not really into sports. But um, I do have homework and other things to do. So I uh, thank you guys. And um, Matt, hello. thought that was you there. Um, you should have gotten an email from Scott. I'm not sure if you did, but you should have. Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat room. I appreciate it. You guys stay strong. Until next Sunday, I'll talk to you guys then, okay? Have a blessed day, right. everybody. Okay. Bye. Right. Thank you, Renata. Thank you, and take care, okay? All right.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.